When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Because you've got powerful legs, how do you get the physique? Was it gym or how do you get the physique? Um, I've always been that. She's actually not got powerful legs. Do you shower in your dressing room? Do you have a shower on the day of a fight or not? Tell us about the tattoos. Shut the fuck up, you little prick. But then I've got the phoenix. Hey, prick. So I'll take it from Bob every day of the week. An absolute disgrace. I'm Have sure no one will mind. Move him out of here, then, Darren. Ricky had to go over for his fighter because he risked getting abducted and sold into sexual I love a shit, Both have been rape victims. I'm not watching Frank Buglioni live on Saturday night. Get out of your mind. Jesus Christ, get yourself a life. He's actually a uh, priest. Yeah, yeah. It's because his brother John Fury eye gouged him. What have I told you all this time? He's going to end up sucked out, fucked out, looking for a hand out. Boxing, um, nutters, messenger group. Oh, they're going to, oh, I'm going to be the king. Jay Pump, you know what I'm saying? Welcome everyone to the 536th edition of the Boxing Asylum Nuthouse, found on Spotify, YouTube, iTunes, etc., etc. We're all over the place. You want to drop us that five-star review, the thumbs up, whatever it might be on the particular podcast player of your choice, we would appreciate that. And if for whatever reason we're doing something wrong, why don't you uh, go ahead and let us know in the comments, and we will do the best to uh, resolve it. We'll send it through HR, and uh, it'll go through the... uh, through the rounds, and in 68 weeks, you just might find yourself with a resolution. No file it in the shredder. Yep, uh, file 13, Steve, file 13. Absolutely. Uh, but a uh, little bit of a weird week for boxing, yet uh, us hardcores managed to find about a dozen hour, uh, hours of viewing pleasure or viewing displeasure, depending on uh, what you might have been looking. Honestly, I kind of enjoyed what I saw. And unfortunately, what I wasn't able to catch all of was Friday night's uh, a fantastic fight uh, with Ionet Valuda almost pulling off another one. Steve, did he get the wrong end of this technical decision going to the cards in the ninth? Hmm, that is an interesting question, Matty. Uh, do you mean technically? Did he get the wrong end of the stick? Or do you think, in my opinion, should he have been ahead on the cards? What are you referring to? 
Well, you know what? I'll tell you what. The little bit, uh, I think go a little bit deeper even. The little bit that I did see in the highlights package I, I caught, yes. it would seem that there was a little bit of bias against him from the referee. And uh, it did seem like he was laying in the cleaner shots. Um, so do you think that the fight, I mean, how many ways did they potentially screw him on this night? Are we saying just on the cards, just the referee's bias, or calling the fight early on that cut when he was coming on? Yeah, well, you said um, he was landing the cleaner work. The thing is about Baluto, he's worked, his, his uh, general approach isn't always clean. Like he is quite an off balance kind of guy, lunging forward. It wasn't particularly a dirty fight, but the mask of blood on McCann told the story. The left hand was starting to land as the fight went on. I think that the fight was definitely going in his direction. If they'd have gone through the, the ninth first, and I think. Uh, maybe Rob Tebbett put up on Twitter about two of the judges scored the ninth round, which you're supposed to do, no matter how long it lasts for, 10-10. So ultimately, a lot of people were thinking that Baluta should have got the decision. This was supposed to be McCann's kind of coming out party. Baluta is the ultimate gatekeeper, which sounds like a bit of a disingenuous, like faint praise. But this guy, I was trying to think of the first time I actually saw him in action. I was looking down his record there. October 2019 was his first notable win. Uh, to sort of UK audience in Wolverhampton, very much like myself. His coming out party was in Wolverhampton in 2019, defeating Kyle Williams. Then the most notable name to that point, TJ Dehaney, defeated him out in Dubai and then knocked out David Oliver Joyce in Bethnal Green, which got in the Conlon fight. A lot of people said that the the uh, run for his money he gave Conlon was an indication of how far Conlon's ceiling might be. He came out to that beat Brad Foster, Liam Davis, then a win over Kane, then the draw with McCann. I know I'm being a bit of a box threat wanker here, but that just shows the kind of level that Baluta has fought at. And I think one of the best names that comes out of this was Liam Davis, who fought Baluta last oh, November. Absolutely walked him. Absolutely Ab walked well, him. Well, he has done the best job on Baluta of anybody, Conlon included, you, you would you would say, even win or loss or whatever. And Davis is maturing into a really nice fighter. Got a lovely set of teeth. He was at ringside as well, enjoying himself. And he was smiling and, and with good reason. Because he's looking at these other guys, your Conlans, your Dennis McCanns, your Canes, and he's done as well, if not better, of, of all of these guys. Back to last night anyway, Matty. I think he was coming on Baluta. I think both of them, well, maybe McCann more so, I'd say, would be happy that the fight got out of there when it did. Get the cut stitched up. Maybe they can go again in a rematch at some point in the future. Maybe McCann's team or Frank Warren might think, you know what, let's just swerve him a little bit and go off in a different direction. But eventually, they're going to have to close this one off and come back and fight Baluta. And if McCann's going to do anything with his career, which a lot of people think he is, classy Southpaw, looks the part, nice entrance. He's going to have to right this wrong and uh, come back and beat Baluta. He will have learned a lot from this. Uh, to the distance, the range, trying to land the right shots at the right times. It was an excellent fight. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Didn't kick off in the in the crowd, which I thought it might have done. Everybody just ran ran out at the end, sort of with their their heads down. But really good Friday night. Baluta will be aggrieved that the fight didn't quite make it to the tenth round because I think he would have won if it had enough. Well, and Baluta already showing that he has that twelve round motor as well. Mm, uh, exactly. I don't know that was going to bid too well for McCann, uh, Andy. Uh, are you thinking that McCann needs to run this back before he can move forward? Or do you think he can just kind of swerve and uh, do something else? Um, well, to be fair, if he's, if, he's, if he's saying that he's at British European level, then um, Baluta is that level. So he should be rematched. It's just unfortunate that the, that the cut actually happened where it happened. Um, face was just, it just running right into his face. If it happened maybe below the eye or the side of the eye, it couldn't have been manageable, but he just, um, it was just unfortunate. But, you know, at the end of the day, Baluta's a solid gatekeeper at the end of the day. If you want to get 
past European level, that's the type of guy you need to go through. I think they need to run it back. Um, I agree with everything that Steve was saying about Liam Davis. Um, the way he handled Baluta just shows, and then look at like what McCann was kind of putting in there. Um, I would definitely say at this point, Davis is, 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 is beating McCann quite handedly. Um, the left hook, I think it was, was it the was it the eighth round? I think it caught McCann. I mean, I, I'll give I'll give McCann a lot of credit as well. He showed a lot of a, a lot of grit, a lot of heart and desire as well to try and you know try and dig in there. I mean, that was a horrid cut at the end of the day. Um, pretty much, you know, changed his, his whole outlook you know, or how he actually you know was was approaching the fight as such. But just no, maybe ready for that level yet. So maybe a couple more fights. Uh, certainly running about the bullet level, but I think at some point he's got to, he's got to meet him again at some point. Um, but certainly worth uh, an anticipated rematch. Um, as for Liam Davis as such as well, just want you to bring him into the conversation. Um, I was thinking about him last night, actually. Uh, what do you do with him? Obviously, he's British champion. Um, do you try and get him to win it outright? Because just looking at the kind of world rankings at this point, I think at some point he's, he's going to have to step up to the kind of obviously that, that top 10 status of opponents. But... I think maybe a couple more fights at British level, win it outright, then start looking at maybe like Alim or um, Akmadaliev, who are both, both are coming off losses at this point. Um, maybe Kameda, possibly, but you know he's he's well experienced at the, at the world level, trends in Mexico gyms, that type of thing. So TG Dehaney's a bit maybe past it at this point, but it's still got a high ranking. So those are the kind of opponents he'd be looking at potentially over the next 18 months. But I like to see maybe kind of like win the British out, outright and then make the move for the top 10 opponents at some point because you've got Inouye and, and, and uh, Tapale, so there's, there's no any rush or, or any opportunities, I don't think, at this point for a world title fight either. So, um, anyway, just going back to that fight, good fight, great fight, probably the, the best fight of the weekend, to be fair. Uh, it was very slim pickings, to be honest with you. Oh, well, we can get to that uh, later. I, you might have missed some stuff that Mr. Wellings and I uh, were able to yeah, catch there. Yeah, I did think about the kind of weekend off, to be fair. Nothing was really kind of floating my boat, so I just took uh, the time to kind of... Obviously, I watched that Friday night and that, but I didn't really watch much last night. I had the zone card. I think Tony Tony Bell, you said it, said it best, actually, before the, the main event. Pretty much shot on it, so... Uh, I think the card was pretty much the same, apart from one fight, possibly, which I missed, so what can I say? In your own time, Andy, doing your own things, is that what you're saying? Yeah, that's what I'm saying, mate, that's <laughs> what I'm saying, I've got a life outside <laughs> of this as well sometimes, you know. You know, I, I gotta tell you, this is pretty interesting about Baluda, um, I'm just doing some math, sorry, I'm kind of doing it on the fly. So his opponents right now, uh, they, uh, last, uh, we'll see how many opponents, combined record of 109, uh, one, two, three, four. Uh, four losses and uh, two draws to their credit, and that's the uh, the last one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight opponents. That's pretty. That's pretty tremendous record. I mean, going again against prospects right there. I mean, Baluda, I, he has a really high level of competition uh, consistently, and it just goes to show you if you keep challenging yourself and you stay busy. Um, you know, I mean, you keep a, a pretty sound level of work, uh, of quality to your work there. Uh, you got to give this guy credit, uh, you know, uh, just keeps rolling on there. And uh, it would be interesting to see if maybe he uh, 
gets an opportunity maybe at a European title uh, uh, move up on that again uh, I mean Davis is probably already going to move up to uh, world title level here shortly so might see an opportunity there never know uh, but Steve what else did you see on that card that might be worth speaking about um, I'm trying to remember now to be honest what else did I see on that card so I saw Nathaniel Collins knocked out Raza Hamza in the first round uh, Collins was a bit tight at the weight they were saying and they didn't know how it was going to end up if it, if it went long 12 rounds because it was a British title and the Commonwealth title Hamza a bit of a prospect at one point but he'd lost before he got iced in the first round he just got caught cold really he was really dejected as you would be the poor fellow at the end but Collins absolutely uh, knocked him out there. Uh, Ryan Garner, 13-0, went in against Juan Jesus Antonez. It was really one-way traffic, this one. He was just beating him from pillar to post, really. Antonez had an argument, maybe. If he hadn't if it hadn't been so one-sided to that point, then the stoppage maybe could have took a few more. The coach wasn't happy about it, but he just offered nothing and uh, you know, couldn't really argue with that. Raven Chapman... Um, I don't. I saw the end of that one. I think I can't remember what I was doing, to be honest. And I don't recognise anything from the undercard. So yeah, Garner, Collins, McCann were the main three that I saw in that one. Matty and it was okay. Kept us, kept us going. I, I like a Friday night fight. Actually, I was writing about it, uh, an article about it, which will come out next week. But these kind of midweek. I know you can't class Friday as midweek fights, but we had like the TNT Sports one. We had the OTX one. Showbox goes on a Friday night. Eye of the Tiger do Thursday night in Canada and ESPN. Channel 5 do Friday night. Pro Box TV, your favourite, do Wednesday night. Saturday night boxing's dead, Matty, I think. Yeah, or at the very least, uh, it's getting competition from every mm. other day that ends in Y. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> So, yeah, that was, uh, well, I'm uh, glad for whatever entertainment you guys were able to find on that. And hopefully I can catch that full fight eventually because it sounds like it was uh, quite the uh, enjoyable affair all the way through. Um, and uh, I was unfortunately, uh, Steve, unable to catch the Yafai card uh, because uh, as I tried to watch it today, the full card was not available to me, and lo and behold, is uh, Ooh, the, few well. the few individual fights that were available on there. The video lagged behind the audio, uh, much like I described it earlier, and it's just a little bit not as bad as it was that time. I didn't quite feel like I was in the Matrix, but uh, kind of caught up with it, so it became pointless for me to watch it. Um, but uh, please tell me all about uh, Yafai knocking out Tommy Frank. And apparently a very, very good uh, fight between Walker and Pattinson with Walker pulling off the upset victory, even Excellent despite fight. the stupid spelling of his first name. Yeah. <laughs> Another Wolverhampton boxer. I tell you what, they're flying up at the moment, Matty. Just to clarify before we Oh, move. that's his parents can't spell. That's <laughs> Too much inbreeding. Anyway, um, just to clarify what you were saying there, just so everybody can listen in case we have a DAZN affiliate link or something or anybody wants to join. You're a DAZN subscriber, fully paid up. That's correct, Jess? Sadly, yes. Yes. You and the full fight, man. the full card from the weekend in Birmingham is not available to you. And the only <laughs> fights that were available to you in highlight form were about so 10 seconds lagging out of sync or something. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was <laughs> uh, a great, great deal of bullshit. But there were two other American cards, which I enjoyed greatly from zone. So it was a mixed oh. bag. I'm not trying to rip you, Matty. I actually... I, I feel I'm no fuck the zone at this point. Like, you fuck them. Yeah. You should. It's like if I didn't long to be entertained so much, I would have given up my money long before. But let's all face it, I've spent twenty five dollars on far dumber things than the zone over the course. I of I know, month. but you're being entertained in small portions and ten seconds after everybody else. Yeah. 
it's like watching a fight with Andy simultaneously. They spoil it for me. But the thing is, though, it's like you know, you actually get to sit, you actually get to sit listening to Tony Bell. You speak ten seconds behind and shit on the main event before it even starts. <laughs> you know, this is quality stuff that you're missing out on here, Matthew. Son of I a bitch! Believe it, man. You need to go and download it. <laughs> yeah. It's... So let me get this right. Still, it's almost what twenty-four hours since the event happened, and you still do not have access to that full card. No, no, on and demand, I really, on the zone demand. No, no, the, the well, there's like three full fights that were cut out of them, and Pattinson and Walker wasn't one of them, and apparently that was the one that I really would have liked to have watched. Yeah, and so and I'm not listening to watching that lag and bullshit. It's it uh, it's just very annoying. Well, it's it's like watching a poorly synced, uh, you know, uh, uh, like Asian movie when they you know try to do it in English. It's just oh, terrible. Kung Fu films. Yeah, some of them are better than others. You know, I love Bruce Lee movies, but some you look at it, it's like ah fuck, you need to shorten that line, homie. Well, don't worry, don't worry. I'll I'll give you the rundown as best as I saw it, Matty. To be honest with you, so Solomon Dakers against Chris Thompson. Uh, I saw bits and pieces of that one, to be honest, but it wasn't anything to write home about. I didn't catch Flynn against Baker. I'm not sure that was even on the the card. I think the other one was Majid against Fazula on the version that I was watching. Anyway, the main event we'll get that out of the way. Galalia Five was just absolutely too skilled for Tommy Frank. Battered him in the first round. Frank's been a decent fighter in and around the circuit. Went ten into the tenth round with Jay Harris. I think he drew with Craig Derbyshire. He's like a good, honest pro, but your fight was just levels above. Came out, had a bit of spite about him, bit down on the gum shield. Had a bit of beef with Frank's corner team as well. He wasn't happy about some of the comments were made. People apparently have said things like, "Oh, this, this is you're a good amateur, you know, you're Olympic gold medalist, but the pros is a different game." Well, he just blitzed through Frank. And I like this version of your five. That's the way he's going to be when people get under his skin. Long may it continue. There wasn't too much more to say about that one, to be honest, other than Bellier afterwards calling him the best prospect in world boxing. But on to the undercard, Cyrus Pattinson uh, retired. He was retired by his cornerman, Graham Rutherford, who was a bit of a shouty character. He kept screaming at him from the first ra- from the first bell um, after every round, trying to get advice into, into his ears as best as he could against Connor Walker, who's been a decent, solid pro around the scene, never really aspired to any great level, not really much of a knockout puncher, never been stopped, so he's definitely tough. Looked a little bit slow and square on at times, but this was just a good old-fashioned shootout. Pattinson was knocked down three times, and it was the third round knockdown, the very first one, which was a right hook, which I think did the damage. And I was saying to the Nutters earlier, I don't think he recovered from that throughout the whole fight. He carried that knockdown with him. He, He was either concussed or hurt. He was fighting hurt. He just could not get back into the fight at all. He was dropped in the fifth round as well. I think the sixth round, if I'm right, he was technically dropped. The referee pulled up the count. But I don't think it was a fair knockdown. I think his maybe feet went under him from a a bit of water on the canvas. But either way, he tried to complain in the corner, saw the writing on the wall. He kept coming back. He was catching Walker with body shots. And I thought, you know what? He might come back and and turn this fight around because he is a tough guy, very fit. But by the eighth round, he was just taking a lot of blows. It was either the eighth or the seventh. One of the I think it was the eighth round, and he was taking a load of shots at the end. And then eventually he went back to the corner just about. And the the corner, Graham Rutherford said, I've had enough. I don't want to see this anymore. And I think that was the right thing. He was it was just an absolute good old-fashioned slugfest. Not much skill involved, but the body shots of Walker, especially, even more than the headshots, were were just draining the energy, sapping the energy out of Pattinson every time he landed the left hand to the body. And in the end, he took the step up. He's had some quite hard fights in his six or seven outings so far, Pattinson, and he just paid the price for it, really. Eddie was happy enough, the um, bit of accidental value there, and Walker picked up the WBA intercontinental title or something like that. He's from Wolverhampton, as I mentioned. This was in Birmingham, had a lot of supporters in the in the crowd as well, and he said afterwards, they're not my fans, they're my, my friends and family. I know them all by 
by name and um, Eddie get me out again. Eddie wasn't really too committal as to whether he was going to do that or, or do the rematch or not. But fantastic, good old-fashioned slugfest. Not much of the sweet science, but it, it was a brawl. And one of the commentators, of course, uh, committed the cardinal sin, Matty, as I close up here, and said, oh, it's like Ward Gatti in the fifth round. So someone had to go there. Oh, fucking Christ. Anyways, <laughs> Andy, I see you're off mute there. Were, were you wanting to say speak something on that that Steve was saying? No, mate, I just uh, I've sat on the mute button on my... <laughs> I'm sorry, mate. I just it there. It's actually it's wedged between my, my thigh and my the armrest of my chair here. Sorry. <laughs> no, no worries, man. No worries. Um, so you know the uh, I, I I tell you, Steve, that uh, that Baluda uh, draw really kind of screwed with the prediction league. You know, no matter what side you're on, nobody uh, nobody picked that. And no. then uh, you know to make things further uh, interesting. Uh, you you might ask yourself, why why would uh, so many people be interested in a fight between Money Pal the Fourth and Sean McCalman? Well, that was the other fight in the prediction league. Uh, it's uh, that fight failed to entertain, but let's kick it off with uh, what I thought was a very entertaining fight in this overtime boxing card. Yes, um, that ended up going the extra round. I thought that Lorenzo Parra had already sealed the deal against Javon Campbell personally, Steve, maybe I was biased because I had put a little bit of money on him. Nice little five and a half to one underdog that myself and Joe Kennedy got some action on. Uh, But uh, they went to the ninth round after the scores were announced. We needed some more and uh, two of the judges giving Parra that last round. Um, But um, really, I mean, the story of this fight was uh, what looks like uh, Campbell, uh, was uh, going to be boxing in the beginning and uh, just doing well against Parra, decided to slug with him. And Parra uh, landed a lot of great clean shots. Campbell had his moments too. Great back and forth little war this one. Um, uh, you got to say that the uh, the overtime uh, boxing matchmaking, they really uh, knocked it out of the park on this one. Oh, they absolutely did. I've become a big fan of overtime boxing, the OTX. And I, I sort of laughed at it first when I saw DAZN had it on the Friday night. But promoter Brandon Rhodes, there are a few gimmicks, like you win an OTX a WBC belt and this kind of bullshit. But basically the way it works is you get, if you knock someone out in the first round, you get a bonus. If you knock someone out, one out in the final round, you get a bonus. And if it's a draw after the six rounds, eight rounds, ten rounds, whatever the fight is scheduled for, you go into this overtime round. That's where the overtime boxing comes. So they just fight for another three minutes, basically, to decide a winner. And as Matty said there, Javon Campbell. There was a bit of confusion in in the Wellington household, with me anyway, what was going on here. Because Javon Campbell, as he's called on BoxRec, was referred to as Javon Woodard Jr. on the DAZN card. So I was wondering who on earth if this was the same guy. Apparently it is. And Lorenzo Parra. There was a Lorenzo Power back in the day at Flyweight and Superfly. Very good fighter, actually. I'm assuming this must be his son. Um, he's 28 from Venezuela as well. The original Lorenzo is about 45 now. So it all adds up from being his son. I didn't hear the commentary team mention that. Anyway, after eight rounds, Woodard or Campbell, whatever you want to call him, looked a million dollars early on. They were saying he was originally signed by Floyd, did a lot of work in the money team, Jim. And then, as Floyd tends to do, notoriously matches his fighters hard early on, and this guy got a loss in his second fight and eventually he drifted away from Mayweather and he signed up with this Brandon Rhodes. But he looked really good, very Mayweather-esque, the way his style was, the, the shoulder roll, very fast. First two or three rounds, I thought he actually looked pretty good. But then, as Matty mentioned, the legs got tired, he wasn't able to stand, he wasn't able to move as much as he could, and he was standing in the pocket a lot more. And that was when Power started landing the shots. And I thought by the end of it, Power had done enough. 
They went to the final round. Then I thought maybe Woodard might have done enough, but he didn't. Power got the final round and won it. So uh, he, uh, scores of 86-85 to Woodard, stroke Campbell, and 86-85 the other way to Power. So he managed to to get to get the win. Uh, that that's that fight, Matty. If you want me to comment on the other fights, I absolutely can. But that, I, th- I thought I thought it was really good. Uh, well, I thought I thought it was really good, and I found myself getting invested because you know uh, the every week in August they've done a show. They did another one next week as well. And so we haven't kind of seen the same fighters coming back and forward just yet, but we see them at ringside. Elijah Pierce, who knocked out Mike Planier last week, was at ringside with his OTX belt. It's the same commentary team. So you kind of have that element of familiarity. So I was, And Lupe Contreras, who I think is one of the best MCs in the business, was on the mic as well. And whenever they said, we're going to the first overtime round, I felt myself getting pumped up. Like, this is brilliant, man. The crowd were going wild. And at home, me sitting with my laptop, I was thinking, this is... <laughs> it's, like, it's like a dodgeball. <laughs> the, 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 the overtime dodgeball's most exciting event. Sad bastard, man. I thought it was a gimmick and all, but I was I was getting thoroughly invested. Anyway, that, that was a really good fight. In the main event, Kurt Scooby. Uh, 13-0 with 11 knockouts. He's a real all-action come-forward fighter. He was an American footballer, a linebacker or, or something of that nature. And he was fighting against a Spaniard who was unbeaten, Narciso Carmona. He was a runner, southpaw, very tall and lanky, six foot tall. Uh, Scobie managed to just chop him down. He was very tall for 140, Carmona. He, he got stopped in the sixth round. Uh, Javier Zamoron was on the card as well. Very good amateur, Golden Gloves champion in 2021. Went in against Sebastian Santiago. Dropped him in the first round. Thought it was going to be a cakewalk. Uh, Santiago came back and gave him a good run for his money. D'Angelo Hopgood. Again, very tall for the weight. He was a super bantamweight. Five foot nine. In against Hawaii's Asa Stevens. who was five foot five. So there was a big sort of uh, differential in the height there. Uh, Stevens is one to watch, apparently. He's uh, signed by David McWhorter. He's only 22. Again, another good amateur as well. And finally, there was another one on the... Oh, yeah. I haven't even mentioned Money Powell. That was probably the weakest... Fight on the card, notwithstanding the prospects and all, as in well, for action. I thought the cards were a little wide too. I mean, it was a boring fight, kind of hard to score because you mm. can kind of zone out of it. But it was, uh, it it wasn't with the action flow of the rest of the card. You uh, for sure. Yeah, I did. I did the zone out of it a bit. I thought Money Pearl was going to get the win, but McCallman, he wasn't great. But as the commentary team was saying, Algeria was very good on, on the mic. He, McCallman just had this awkward style and it, it, slight movements were setting Pearl off every time Pearl got his. His feet set, McCallman would be able to dip off to the side or just take a step back. And Powell then was reluctant to throw. His corner team kept saying, look, you're not throwing enough shots here. You need to be throwing more. And McCallman won the fight by virtue of Powell not really doing enough, in my opinion, Matty. I don't think McCallman went out and grabbed the fight. And as you said, the scores were quite wide. I thought it was narrow, but maybe McCallman just about won it. But definitely Campbell, Power, and then the Scooby fight were the, the fights of the night for me. Yeah, I, I would. I think coming out of that, um, I mean, Para. I mean, he's he's an interesting guy. I mean, those Venezuelan dudes that come in, they're throwing it. I mean, they're anyone's guess sometimes. Um, but so I think he might be a, an interesting uh, guy to watch going down. But I think Scobie was was probably the uh, the highlight of uh, of that for me. If you're just talking like the the most skillful guy that I think that I saw on the card there. Mm-hmm. Um, Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, that was uh, that was a pretty good card there, and uh, we also Steve uh, comes there, Andy. I don't know if uh, you caught this one, um, but we also had a uh, another card uh, on the zone at the same damn time, um, which makes perfect sense. But uh, I'm sure you were you watched it uh, at your leisure. Um, but uh, it was headlined uh, by uh, Madeira versus Bravo. 
which was a pretty a fairly interesting fight. I I, I thought on on that one, Steve. I, I think uh, Madeira, you know, he he's given uh, like Brandon the fighters like Brandon Lee a hell of a hard time in there, and and again against Nestor Bravo going in there and uh, and, and showing some good stuff in there. He's he's got a few moves. He's a good puncher. Um, all in all, I thought that this was a pretty decent main event. Um, that was uh, actually f- a fairly close at times, if, if not necessarily on the cards. Yeah, it was. It was. It was a decent main event. I must confess, as you have probably gathered, I was gaining boxing fatigue by this point. I caught it this afternoon and had to ramp up the speed and all and go on through it. And I thought Bravo did okay, but then the level of opposition is a lot higher than he's fought before. Ill Will Madeira uh, gave Brandon Lee a great fight, so we could, you know, we can understand that he's come in there. As a good opponent, um, I don't know. I just I just flicked through it a bit quickly. Two scores are 96-94 and a 99-91. Bravo moves on, but I think against a, mo- a more uh, willing opponent, opponent to come forward, he might do a little bit better. I was trying to think of what else there was on this card. There were a couple of points of interest, actually. First of all, shout out to Julian Smith. So this guy, he's 7-2 and two with four knockouts. He's called The Quiet Storm. He's from Illinois. Um, and he's a pretty nondescript boxer, but he has quite an interesting story. There he is on the screen, actually. At the end of the fight, then, I hadn't caught up on this during the fight itself or even noticed. He's actually deaf, and the, the lady was interviewing him after he won the fight, and his coach was sign, signing to him, and he was signing back, and then the coach was saying to the interviewer what he was saying. And so I thought that was... And in between rounds, apparently, the corner man obviously has to sign to him all his instructions, <laughs> alias the quiet storm. And at the end, they called his mom into the ring, and she she wasn't deaf, but she was giving him the big up and all. So that was, that was quite a nice little story, Matty. I don't know if you've ever heard of him before. Julian Smith, The Quiet Storm. I think I had seen him before, and I actually had commented on it because the referee like has to be like very on jumping in at the end yeah. of the round. He's got to be in perfect position. And there was a couple of times he wasn't quite there the first time that I saw The Quiet Storm. But he's an interesting story. I, I, I like I like watching him. He's a, he's a, he's a quality fighter, I think. Uh, you know, I don't think he'll be a world champion, but he, he's a good he's he's good. Mm-hmm. No, I completely agree. He's not world uh, championship caliber, but against this, his opponent, he was eight and two, Julio Rosa. I thought he was a worthy winner. One of the judges gave it even, so it ended up a majority decision. But he'll go a certain uh, way, and he, he's had a ten round in the past, so he's a good fighter. But I just thought the fact that they were signing to him and all was quite an interesting little aside. Also, one for Bellew of the week later, so I'm not going to spoil it. So keep listening to Bellew of the week. Uh, MVP promotions. This was you had uh, Dan Canobio. I think he's from CompuBox. You might see him on Twitter from time to time. Uh, was on the commentary team. A guy called Wade Plemons, is it? Wade, let me just check. This is a UFC guy. Wade Plemons, he was the main commentator. And Paulie Malinagi, former two-time world champion. Well, they had a break of about 20 minutes in the middle of this and uh, sacked the sound engineer because he accidentally left the microphones on. And I only had it in the background. I was doing work on the computer and it was flicking along. And every now and again, the sound came back on again. So you could hear these three guys talking between each other. And there's a bit of belly of the week material in that. So I've cut it out for us later on and we'll listen to what they had to say whenever the microphones are on. Only they didn't realize it, Matty. That's, that's what I saw on that one. Well, uh, and that that was a pretty good card. So, DAZN, even when they when they hit, they miss. Uh, you got yeah. gotta love them. <laughs> um, on that card, uh, it kicked off with Chris, uh, Crystal Rosado, who is uh, Amanda Serrano's first signed fighter, uh, taking out one and zero Terethia Dixon, uh, just kind of beating the shit out of her. Uh, interesting prospect uh, that uh, Rosado is. She really wings him. Uh, and Travius Ingram. Uh, taking uh, on a uh, 0-0-1, uh, Orlania Licea, and 
I didn't actually catch this one, but he pulled off the victory in what looks to be a pretty close fight on the card, separated by a It point. was all right. He, he was a lot bigger than his opponent again. Yeah, it looks like there were some knockdowns in there, though, or point deductions, something. Or other yeah, he knocked your man down in the first round, I think it was. You, your guy was one of these fellas who kept on getting himself knocked down, and he was raging with himself. He was, like, banging the canvas and then jumping up again. <laughs> like, I can't believe he was fucking knocked down all the time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, uh, Alexander Rios Vega uh, was undefeated, taking out once uh, defeated Javier Alia. Uh, first round stoppage there. Uh, Lorenzo Medina taking out uh, undef- also undefeated Antonio Torres in a heavyweight contest uh, in the third round. Julian Smith, majority decision over uh, Julio Rosa. And uh, a fight I actually particularly enjoyed, Steve. Uh, mm-hmm. Elijah Flores with the majority decision over Elijah Williams in what, in what Chris, uh, or uh, wasn't Chris on this card. It must have been uh, whoever, one of the commentators. Uh, rightly called the, uh, the Elijah off. I liked that name. <laughs> Uh, a majority decision for Elijah Flores over Williams uh, in what was a really close fight in the uh, the commentators. Uh, they were kind of all split on it, too. Uh, could have gone either way in this six-round contest. I don't think either guy really walks away with a big L because I'm looking forward to seeing them both again after this one. Um, and uh, then we step into the 10-round contest. Uh, I thought, honestly, the the highlight of the, the, the for the talent – end of the card when I'm thinking this guy might have a pretty high uh, ceiling. Uh, uh, Damian Lescal uh, taking out uh, or uh, taking a unanimous decision over uh, Hugo Noriega, who's an eight, no fighter uh, talented enough in himself. Uh, 96, 93, 97, 92, two times. I think this is a really talented guy. Um, I can't remember if you said you caught this particular fight on there, but I just saw a lot of talent in this one. I thought they might have been a little too hyping him up, and I could see how someone might be a little put off by it. But there's a certain level of talent here for a guy who's going in there with just four professional fights, and I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Damian Lescal again. Yeah, he looked decent to him. They were both Cubans as well, and yeah, he definitely had a nice jab and he set up the shots really well. Hurt your guy with a couple of right hands. I was, I was actually quite impressed with him considering it's only his fourth fight and continuing with the Cuban this new tradition of throwing the Cubans in early and they're a little bit more exciting than their their previous uh, generation predecessors. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, you know, some uh, I, I think Noriega was more of the kind of. Uh, passive Cuban boxer style, but, <laughs> yeah. uh, but, uh, you know, the sky, I think he, uh, uh, I, I think that he is, a. Yeah, I mean, he really came in there with some spite and he could be an interesting fighter, uh, coming down the road, uh, there, honestly, I think, um, you know, uh, as controversial as he is in the ring, I think, uh, what he's doing, uh, right now as a promoter, I think Jake Paul knocked another one out of the park with this card. I thought it was very well matched and uh, provided a pretty good level of entertainment too. That's right. I forgot it was him involved. I wonder who his matchmaker is, because obviously he's probably off doing something else. But I wonder who's actually involved in the the actual matchmaking side of things. The matchmakers uh, says here, uh, Eric. Uh, what? Nope, that's the wrong one. Uh, I'll have to look at that one another time. Yeah, but okay. uh, yeah, it's uh, it. it <clears throat> whoever they're doing they're doing good work and that that was i was starting to name off the overtime they're doing good jobs too i enjoyed these uh prospect cards from friday night yeah. as much as i've enjoyed many uh main event saturday night cards with championship fights on them mm-hmm. yeah. so um yeah good work by uh them uh at the zone there uh andy any thoughts on anything that we covered there before we move forward or are you uh absent now negative okay in every sense 
he's a, he's absent in many ways, but he is present for this the 536th edition. Yeah, by the way, I hope you give Rob Kelly this shit. By the way, I bet Rob's not seen any boxing this weekend. I hope you give him the same fucking lectures. I believe that Rob opened up for Onyx over the weekend, so he had a, he had some cool shit going on. Yeah, so what? Well, you think I didn't have shit going on? <laughs> yeah, but he had fun things to do. Yeah, I watched yeah. the Wolves match. That wasn't <laughs> very fun. <laughs> there you go. Okay. I watched half the Broncos game, you know, and and I took a big road trip uh, to the uh, to, to go to a peach festival, and I came back with some produce, and uh, yeah. Yeah, good time. Which which, uh, which card was it where they were fighting in the crowd? Not the card. It was like a American football Andy or something. They were having a big fight in the oh, crowd. Oh, Jesus either. Christ. I was, uh, who was the 49ers playing, Matty? Were they playing yesterday? The Broncos. They are playing. Uh, there was fight there. I only was... watched the first half. Jesus Christ. Steve, in the crowd. Uh, Steve, I don't know if you can maybe put it up for Billy the Week then, mate, uh, if you want. But anyway, there's, there's a guy there, bullet head, basically, a big baldy guy. Just basically takes you to the trash, man. Just wipes the guy with about four or five punches. Oh. And you see the guy, like, literally, like, 20 seconds later, try, trying to get up, man, trying to stand still. Guy's like, it was, it, it looks like a glue head, basically. You know, it looks like he's fucking on the base. I, I was going to cut it, but I thought better of it because in the past we got done for that type of stuff. You know, being a boxing podcast, YouTube frown upon violence and all that. So. That's bullshit. We should be able to have the War Machine series. It's absolutely <laughs> Oh, we got done for that one. Either War Machine. It's the fucking last of our worries. Interpolar onto us now. Fuck that. Exactly. Oh, I've seen that. You're going absolutely apeshit about that. Oh, that was epic, man. You see, see that fucking War Machine character, fucking Ginger ginger Top. Oh, my uh, God. I'd so, love to see him fucking fight professional. Now, now, Rob, no more than three minutes ago, Andy was opining that you probably had watched no boxing over this weekend. Is this, <laughs> is this, is this, is this true, case? Rob? I watched a bit. I saw uh, McCann and Baluda. Uh, I saw Spider make his debut. Uh, I saw somebody knock somebody out in the first round, and not Nathan something, is it? What's his name? No, Gallimore. Nathaniel uh, Collins. That was Gallimore. the one. Um, so I saw quite a bit of action. Um, so I thought they they go Ma- same as me, basically. I thought the McCann fight was good. I, th- I actually give them props for putting McCann in with Baluda because he's a fucking tough operator and it kind of just bring. I mean, Oz is always way more in tune with the British scene than me, but I kind of listen to the things that he says when. He's talking about fighters on the come up and up, and he was really giving Baluda a shot at the bookies. And sometimes when Oz fucking makes those predictions, more often than not, they come through when it's the less favored fighter, and he just sees something. So he, he almost won in the bookies. I saw the Ben. I think Ben um, from Boxing News as well had also uh, back, back Baluda. But yeah, I, I thought maybe McCann was gonna if it, if he hadn't got the back cut and the fighting get stopped there on cuts, I thought he was in danger of losing that fight. Like, but. It's a rematch I'd like to see. It's kind of a fight I didn't give a fuck about either way until it started and then it caught fire. Um, so, yeah, I thought that was good. I didn't see the Pattinson one. Um, and I didn't see anything from the States if there was anything on the States. You missed some good stuff from the States, Rob. That's that's sad. But anyways, you had your own stateside entertainment this weekend. So, alas, we'll move on. Uh, let's hit the uh, the good old chat here, see who's rocking around. 
Let's see here. Steve posting on both accounts. Sneaky little bastard. I wonder if he's liking on both accounts. No, that was that was my mistake. I, I did a call in with Danny Young on the Nutters, and it made me log into the chat as myself, and now I'm not able to log out for some reason, so sorry uh, about that. I tell you, I think it's all a scam. Let's see here. Uh, Mark Stanton in there, Matt Butters in there. Uh, I believe Matt's still leading the product, prediction lead. I haven't not seen the updated results, but I know he picked the – uh, McCallman, as did I. So, uh, and uh, everybody, nobody picked the draw in the uh, Baluda fight. So that was a shame. Uh, let's see here. M. Lithgow in there as well. Jim McDonald boxing. Let's see here. Uh, let's, we got Welchmers in there. Uh, Michael Thompson. Uh, Yimmy Yappy in there. Johnny. Get ready to talk, start that talk show career. Sad Ken. He's here though. So right now he's happy Ken. James G. Let's see here. Just James, number one as well. He'll never be number two. Let's see here. Oh, let's find one more. Uh, there's got to be one more. Cedric Sniff in there as well. Uh, thank you to everyone else in there. If I didn't uh, scroll up high enough to see your name amidst the uh, the chat, I do apologize on that end. Oh, ABC in there as well. The wonderful ABC. Uh, so we uh, we thank everyone in there. We thank all of our Patreons. We are uh, uh, about uh, only, uh, God, I think we got five more weeks, maybe six more weeks of picks left in this edition of the Prediction mm -hmm. League. So if you're looking to maybe get into the next one and you're not yet a uh, part of our Patreon, go ahead, join up, and uh, we'll get you in the uh, what's I'm coming group. back for the next one. Just enjoy your retirement right now, but I'm coming back for half a billy. Yeah, I believe you, Rob. Um <laughs> But we're, uh, we're, we're <laughs> I know you want to say something, mm -mm. <laughs> but, uh, but we got a new one starting, uh, in October. I think the, uh, yeah, should be, I think the first one might actually, we might actually be Wood Warrington for the final, uh, season of this year's, uh, prediction league. So, uh, yeah, if you want to join in on that, get with the Patreon and, uh, we'll make all that happen. And, and if you win this, this one, you can't be the lineal. Boxing Asylum and uh, others prediction league champion because I haven't beat the man to beat the man. Do you know what I mean? I had to take out Wellings and that. That's I'm, I'm holding the lineage at the moment until I'm back active. What 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 are you, Vitali in 2007? <laughs> I'm even retired. The year Rob so I said vacant. Is this shit? Okay. Now Rob can keep hold of his title these days, can't you? Being inactive for a good 18 months, don't matter. Yeah, exactly. I'm like the Charles when it comes to the fucking asylum. <laughs> champion emeritus. Champion. Swear to God. Uh, well, yeah, Oz is doing all right at the beginning. He's doing a little bit of slipping. Steve holding in there. Shockingly, I, uh, among the uh, Boxing Asylum crew, am in the lead. Um, I'm shocked as everybody else. I'm sure that's going to collapse uh, before you know it. But um, anyways, um, I think it uh, might be worth discussing. And Steve, I don't know if there's a question in the chat regarding this. Uh, but I think it might be worth discussing Alicia Baumgartner's Failed PED test uh, stemming from her fight against Christina Leonard-Datu uh, in uh, July. They did not get the test results back until after the fight, apparently. Um, we are still waiting. But this um, kind of uh, black eye on women's boxing, uh, unfortunately there, Rob. Um, you know, uh, your girl there was uh, kind of building up a star outside of the sports. Um, and, uh, just, um, this puts it kind of all at risk right now. 
and it'll be interesting this. to see. Well, it'll be interesting to see Rob if uh, she's treated differently. Um, you know, this being a high profile with a woman than uh, we've seen the men treated recently. Well, look, I've said this many, many times, Matty. I'm on record for saying this. I believe if you're found guilty for using PEDs, you should be banned for life, mate. There should be no uh, comeback. You should be banned for life unless I know them. Uh, and I don't know Bob Gardner, but I feel like I know her. And she's looking innocent to me from where I am. I think this has all been a big misunderstanding. Um, and she obviously fucking wouldn't cheat. Um, just a wholesome athlete. And I wish everybody would fucking get off her. She's just that girl, y'all. She, as she's been saying on Twitter over the last 24 to 48 hours, campaigning for herself and her own innocence. And everybody knows she was about to sign a deal, a big lucrative deal with, with Jake Paul, uh, Logan Paul, John Paul, one of the guys. Uh, so she was uh, she was on her way out of matchroom and they, you know, draw, as Frank Warren said, draw your own conclusions as to what's happened here, why this girl has popped hot using drug-free sport who don't fucking catch any comp, by the way, uh, in boxing. You actually... Have you actually seen the matchroom set her up? Matchroom. It's clear as day, Andy. I've fucking done the... I've done the put the pieces together here <laughs> to for the stop listeners. the Serrano super fight. You very well could it's be right, stop Rob. stop the Serrano super fight that she was going to make behind her backs with Jake Paul. Uh, she now sit out her inactivity. I didn't say that. That's a rumor flying around, didn't it? Jessica, Jessica McCaskill was the first one to suggest that, and then Frank Warren has reinforced it. Uh, I don't... Uh, I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. Yeah, well, Michael the, Thompson uh, says Alicia is one of the lads. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I know she's a hard-working athlete. I know how hard she works, uh, and I just, I just don't think she'd do it. Uh, so, but then again, I thought Obanov was going to be found in, innocent. <laughs> so don't take my word for it. No, I, I think they're all, on, they're all on fucking something, aren't they? And like the, the, the. The shit's all very ambiguous when it comes to testing agencies and bad air credit. Like, I'd be talking about shit like as if I know what the fuck I'm talking I don't have a fucking clue what I'm talking about when it comes to PED. I just read the shit online the same as everybody else and I draw my own conclusions. Sometimes I look at fighters and I think, juice to the max, just by looking at them. And then oftentimes they'll pop down the line or whatever and you'll go, I knew it. With Baumgartner, there was the suspicions. Yeah, probably. Are they all on something? Yeah, definitely. Are some of the things banned? Like, Here's where my way of looking at it, like, and it's the same for fucking Connor, fucking Hen, or fucking Dillian Shite, whoever you want to say it. Like, they're all on fucking something. Like, some of the shit's on the band list, some of it isn't on the band list, but whatever they're on is all giving them a boost. Like, so there's corners that they're cutting. I don't think all these fucking supplements and all are wholesome. Um, they're all giving different edges. It just so happens that some of them are legal, some of them are illegal. They're getting benefits from all of them. Um, and it's a pity for her because she's fucking, she was building a bit of, pro, of a profile for herself. She's going to make a few quid. And now, unless she comes up with the kind of fucking Canelo excuse where, you know, she was eating fucking tacos or something and there was male, <laughs> male EPO in, in the fucking tacos. I don't know what the fucking excuse is going to be, but unless she kind of plays a Canelo PR move, makes this go away, you'd be looking at her sitting out of band which is a pity for her. What I would note is Michaela Mayer has been classing all this because if I think if I I, I'm glad around, I'm not on Twitter because I bet Michaela is going off. No, on no, no, no. She actually hasn't mentioned it at all. So she's, she hasn't uh, really chosen to kick her when uh, she's down. Why is that so then, I wonder? Don't know. <laughs> don't know. <laughs> yeah, don't know. Maybe she fucking doesn't want to speak too soon. But apparently um, oh, AB God. did, AB, not Adrian Broner, of course, uh, AB requested VADA testing for this fight herself. 
and didn't get it, so I don't know what that fucking means. I I s- someone actually posted a picture of like when she was like maybe eight or nine, maybe ten or whatever, and that looking quite hench then, and using that. It's like she she was naturally uh, muscular a lot of time and stuff, but it's like twenty years later, it doesn't account for the fact that she failed the drugs test twenty, uh, 20 years later. You know, so she's she's guilty, Rob. Let's just let's just get get it here. Look, okay, we're all guilty of something. Give her another chance. Oh, That's all I'm saying. Of course. <laughs> well, this well, don't worry. <laughs> no, I, I'm honestly bummed because uh, Steve, I I thought that. I mean, yeah, I know you're you're not a, a huge women's uh, fight fan, but the big ones you you can get up for a little bit. I thought oh. that her and Serrano for all the belts at 130 pounds was a very interesting fight, and they were in the process of uh, kind of making that one happen. It's a, it's a disappointment to me on that end for sure. Yeah, you don't know what to say now at this stage. Um, just every time you hear the, the tests coming back and so-and-so's popped dirty and so-and-so's popped and so and you just think to yourself, here we go again. And what's the excuse is going to be? Are they going to sell them out? I love the conspiracy theories that are coming out. Was it McCaskill? She's up for Belly of the Week. She came out on one of the boxing podcasts. I think it was the Boxing Voice saying that there may be Matchroom or something were responsible. I'm not really sure the ins and outs of it, but they were uh, alluding. She was alluding to the fact that there was some something going on there, and then she had to put a groveling apology in to sort of walk this back as well. Uh, Eddie and the whole thing is it drugs, drugs free sport or clean sport or something? This company, I, I said it in the Nutters group again. It's as if Eddie's going to come up with his own testing company soon, isn't he? You know, we'll keep it all in house. We'll test everybody ourselves, and any findings come back to us. And I think the most worrying thing I'll say is. And, and everyone else has said the same thing as well. When they try to cover it up and we say, oh, so-and-so fought on August the 10th and they found out about the dirty test two weeks before that, but they covered it up and it's now come out for whatever reason after the the event. I think that's the most concerning things, isn't it? The fact that whoever it is, Eddie or whoever's involved... Which shows fucking fighter safety is like well, the last that, of their yeah, concern. Exactly. Yeah, they just want to keep drug- keep it going. That drug-free sport I was reading apparently do my the NFL, the NBA, uh, maybe even the National Hockey League as well, possibly. I mean, they didn't catch a lot of guys, really, did they? And Eddie talking about in-house testing, I mean, that's going to be a, uh, some fucking crack. Can you imagine if they, if they do do an in-house test, something pops positive, we're going to get, you know, impartiality here, we're going to get told or we're going to get reported. At the end of the day, what happens if someone does pop positive? You can't do nothing, you can't ban them. You know what I'm saying? That's yeah, to be fair, Andy, sorry, Eddie didn't say that. I said that's the next thing he's going to be yeah, saying. They're going to no, he did, he did say it. He did say it. He did say it. He's been saying it. Yeah, yeah, he's, he right. wanted to bring in his oh, own really? matchroom testing right. pool. <laughs> and if you want to be promoted by matchroom, then you have to be in the testing pool. But I kind of want him to do it just for the fact that for when the first fighter actually pops, that Tony Bellew has to stick to his world and come out and say, ban him for life. <laughs> ban him for life, he's guilty. I didn't know that. Then. So my satire yeah. was accurate, Andy. Sorry. Yeah, yeah he's been at this for the last couple of weeks since the since Right, the okay. Uh-huh. I, I'm definitely on this, the side of things that uh, I... I've said before, I like Rob. I think they're all like with you. I think pretty much all of them are on it, it to some degree or another. Some have See, better teams is, that are sorry, that better with hiding stuff, and it would just be better if there was some way to do it in the open. Because I do think that regardless of what you're putting in your body, I think the level of effort that you put in, uh, and how hard you're willing to work at the gym, the life that you're willing to live uh, away from the ring, I, I think that. All of that that does matter at the end of the day. So if basically all of them are on it, just accept it and you just kind of go from there. So I don't know. 
Bill Cini. Go, go ahead, Andy. Say, my, I'm just going to say, see the, the, the substance that Dylan White got called for. Apparently, it only got approved March this year. So it shows you, hey, they're, they're on to the next one. You know, I kind of I don't know if anybody noticed that Rob. I don't know if you noticed me saying it in, in, in WhatsApp and that. I just kind of like flippantly said he's he's been caught for something new. Apparently, uh, or someone has said that, and I said that it's probably some sort of blood booster because the EP, the EPO stuff is generally next generation stuff. They're always look to like improve it, microdose that type of stuff. And lo and behold, that's what the fucking exactly what it was EPO. So some sort of blood booster he's he's been taking apparently. So it's only just been recently been approved. Yeah, but what's up? What's the crack? What's the crack with his dogs? Do they need any fucking yeah. repo? We don't know, so don't fucking jump to conclusions. <laughs> I don't know, man. The whole canoe sport is fucking at it. Like, but it's it is. Um, it's it's, it's a fucking shocker for Eddie. With, with like, obviously now you you know we correctly predicted he trolled Eddie and White under the bus, and now all of a sudden he doesn't represent them, even though they were on a fight by fight deal for his last fucking ten fights. And basically, he was involved in every fight he's had on television, by the one with Fury. But now he's on his own. Um, but you know, fucking Eddie, Eddie, um, and then there's a weird kind of fucking dynamic being created online with all these kind of people who are saying, "Yeah, well, Eddie's fighters are popping because he does more testing," as if Eddie's fucking demanding the fucking drug test <laughs> himself, sitting at home wanting more tests. Like it's it's a fucking weird one. Well, what is it? That, what's the saying, Matty? That it's easier to fool someone than convince them they've been fooled. Isn't that true in boxing? Sure. <laughs> it's I, no. You got, there's no incentive for these guys to really have their fighters in testing, man. Because then they wouldn't have any fights. It's yeah, it's all backwards shit. And um, it's just a shame because it seems like every week we're talking about this, right? Every single week, there's there's someone who's popped, or at least once a month at the very least. What Dillian White was last week, the week before, it's you know I feel for the most in it. Zolani Tete, because that can't got a four year ban. Nobody gives a fuck about him. Even Liam Cameron going to be seen Instagram profile. That motherfucker's out to try to like guilty. Get the fuck out. Four years. You're shit out of luck, mate. You've made promoter with fucking financial muscle. But I, I see Eddie was saying yesterday or maybe a couple of days ago that they're, they're expecting Conor Ben to be back in the ring in September. Well, nobody in this country can uh, probably. And there's a rumour going about as well. He's, he's apparently got an American license, possibly. So, at the end of the day, the, the border still need to kind of like pass that, I would imagine. Surely. Um, or I don't know if the board might get into the, only the commission in America and say they're not going to accept it. I don't know, but fuck it. He's he's just saying anything at this point, isn't he? He said fucking with a straight face, with a dead yeah. straight face immediately he's after He's repeating himself in a lot of his interviews these days and that. He's cleared. He's cleared. As far know. as I can see, all he really does is talk about the Conor Ben drug situation and then talk about fighters on other promoters' fucking rosters. Like, he, very, he hasn't really got a whole lot of fucking Dazone matchroom uh, content to cover, has he? Like, he seems to be he's either defending a drug treat or he's talking about fights, uh, fighters on other cards. Like, but he said with a dead straight face after the AJ Hellenius fight that Prince Khalid is locked in. They're making Deontay Wilder in December. That fight's happening next. AJ's going straight to Deontay Wilder. And now what happened? That fight's not going to happen. He's a warm-up. Warm yeah. yeah, that fight's not happening. So um, he's just fucking saying anything at this stage, isn't it? Like it's bandwidth he needs to take up. Like Two weeks away, Cougs. Two weeks away. Oh, even Cougs. So he's listening in this way. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess if there's no questions, Steve, 
we can move on there. Hamed did have a comment there. He said, top rank and Golden Boy are doing Vada. That argument is a deflection to attack the PVC, although it's true PVC are not transparent. These matchroom fans are hypocrites. Yeah, sure. I uh, I, ex- I don't expect anybody to uh, be straight in boxing. That's for fucking sure. They're they're all on the edge. Uh, Mac. <laughs> not in that sense. Yeah, Jesus. Anyways, anyways, um, let's go and uh, we'll go uh, with uh, start Wednesday. There's a few things happening around. I don't want to say there's nothing going on before Saturday. That would be a lie. Um, on Wednesday, uh, that'd be, uh, let's see here. I think you guys would be catching this around lunch here. It'd be too early for me to want to wake up. Uh, Liam Wilson returning to the ring after his war with, uh, with, uh, Navarrete. And he's going in with the, uh, undefeated Argentine, Carlos, uh, Maria Alanis, who's 12 and oh, only four stoppages to his credit. Um, so if anyone has a chance, might want to check that out in Australia. See, Martin, Nikita's use on the undercard as well against Jack Brubaker, who is a decent um, gatekeeper. Sue's only 6 and 0, oh, so that's a good step up as well. And Luke Jackson, who once won sports Carl Frampton in Windsor Park, is also on that card. Excellent. Yeah. Lots of entertainment from Oz. Andy, were you saying something? Mm-hmm. I was just going to uh, say Nothing what Steve Oz. said there, uh, Luke Jackson. All right. Ask and... him about his amateur record again. What's his amateur record? Luke Jackson, you know, you need to ask him that question. He was, he was trying to wind up Carol Frampton about amateur records that when they were talking about when they were fighting each other in the build-up. I can't remember exactly what it was about. But Fought in the Olympics, didn't he, Jackson? I, I think so. I, it was like, I went to the Olympics and Carol, you didn't know, and it was like, what the fuck? It's not going to do anything. It's a pro fight now, mate. So. I believe he put me ages he knew, actually, Luke Jackson. When did the last fight? Um, not sure. He fought in. Oh, he went. Oh, I'm gone. No, I've got his amateur record up. That's not much use, is it? He he fought in February. No, uh, June. Sorry, of flip me, 2022. So he's been out for over a year. And then after that, it was two years before. Lord Christ, I so not offered much. When he expect much help, not. Well, you never, uh, you never know. Some of these fights can be, uh, can be good. Liam Wilson. I mean, if this, uh, this uh, Alanis guy can take a punch, we know that Liam Wilson will be in there to bang. And you never know how a guy looks coming off of a loss, uh, especially a brutal war such as the one that he had with uh, Navarrete. So we will certainly see showed a lot, didn't he, in that fight? He, he can definitely oh, yeah. come again. He, he showed, he showed an awful lot. He hurt Navarrete. Dropped him. Uh, there was the long count. I still maintain to this day. I'm not going to go over it again. The scales were dodgy. You know, he got cheated a bit in that one. So I have a lot of time for Liam Cameron whenever his name pops up. Yeah, absolutely. Liam Wilson's a good fighter. Uh, Oh, yeah, I've got that much time for him. I've got the wrong name. So It's all good. It's all good. Um, Thursday morning, Wednesday night for me. Uh, You guys can either catch on if you got a subscription or wander over to the YouTube for the free stuff. Got a decent little Pro Box card going on uh, this week. Going to have a uh, 13-2 and Uh, with 32 knockouts, Venezuelan uh, Johan Gonzalez going in there against uh, somebody that uh, looks to be dismantling. Uh, then we're going to have a 135-pound scrap uh, between uh, American Justin Paldo, 15-7, with one defeat. He also had a no contest against Austin Dulay when he was up on two of the cards. He's going to be going in against undefeated 12-0 Mexican Leonardo Ruiz, eight stoppages to his credit. Oh, excuse me. 
uh, yep. Yeah, sorry, I was looking at. Oh, sorry, I was looking at a different guy. Sorry, pa- uh, Paldo going in against. Uh, yeah, Leonardo Ruiz, uh, who is fourteen and two. My apologies, uh, and he is uh, he has lost to Mauricio Lara and Angel Ferrer- Fierro. Interestingly enough, uh, this card going to be headlined. Uh, Thirteen and zero, one to draw to his credit. Dominican Raúl Garcia going in against twelve and zero Mexican. There you go. Uh, kind of, I forgot to write down his name, of course. So I sucked. Probably, I, I forgot to write down somebody's name. You're, you're not going to be promoting Pro Box anymore Christ. this week. Oh, goddamn, Steve. I'm writing down notes and then something of like, oh, I'm watching my girlfriend's dog over the weekend. So it's, <laughs> it's, it's been quite the fucking juggling act over here. Um, uh, but anyways, this is a fight between undefeated fighters headlining this Pro Box card. Uh, and it does uh, look to be an interesting potential uh, couple of scraps here. That Dominican, I feel like I've seen him uh, in that draw uh, for some reason, but he's got 11 KOs to his credit, certainly can bang. Uh, so that'll be a decent one. Uh, then there's going to be a Friday night zone card headlined by Lorenzo Simpson against Vladimir Hernandez. You might remember Hernandez. Uh, he went on a little run at 154. They're coming out of nowhere, uh, beating Alfredo Angulo and. Um, Julian uh, Williams. Julian Williams, yeah. That's um, the latest. Where's, where's the girlfriend daddy? gone when you have the dog, by the way? <laughs> she has a she has a work <laughs> assignment today. She has a oh, work assignment actually. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, it's I, I I'm fully preparing for her to fall in love up there with the uh with with the former football player that she's onboarding. Uh at, at yeah, you're told man, just feed the dog. <laughs> I, 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 right? right? Dog. Yeah, like <laughs> Yeah, she's such a sweetheart. Yeah, and he's probably dealt with all sorts of like bitchy women. So, like, yeah. So, yeah, I I, I hope they enjoy their new life together. Uh, I, I wish them. The best, <laughs> but... got a dog <laughs> No, no, no. If that's the case, she's gonna have to come and get this fucking dog. I, I like him and everything, but I ain't gonna deal with this. Onboarding, Matty. Is that what the kids call it these days? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times yeah they call it many things they call it many things them and their slang steve these these damn kids i tell you what <laughs> um but uh i i bet there's a, a couple of, oh yeah um on uh saturday before we get to the the meat of the discussion here there is going to be a DAZN card happening that's uh, going to be headlined uh andy uh by oscar Cayazzo. Uh, who has looked uh, pretty damn decent uh, in his uh, recent appearances in the ring, uh, going in against uh, Garen Diagen, uh, who is uh, ten and three. I mean, minimum weight. There's only so many of them. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, but uh, a decent little fighter looks like he took out an undefeated fighter in his most recent. But man, I, I'm I, I expect him to kind of get wiped out uh, unless there's they're hiding something there because that Coyazo man, he's a he's a slick fighter. Notice I'm saying Coyazo because I think after all these years of saying Luis Colazo, we were actually all wrong because two L's back to back in Spanish, it's Ooh. not an L sound. So right. I, I think Luis was just being nice to us. Like uh, when a when a personal tell you their last name, yeah, it's pronounced in Gian. Now it's win, you white fuck. Anyway, I hate it when they do things like that. Do you, they do that in the prim, in the football as well. Andy, do you remember Paolo One Chop? And then halfway through his derby career, they started calling him Paolo One Chop. Hey, I'm not oh, a fan God. of that. Thank <laughs> <Blank> happy. <laughs> JJ Acocha, and you had to call him JJ or something like that. Eh? Remember, remember, was it was it, was it John Morrison? He used to um, it was in the night. Was it? I can't remember if it was the Nigerian players. They had to call like that was their, their their surname actually came first or something like that. But like uh, how Chinese do it. Uh, and uh, 
So, somebody asked him, says, why is that? He says, Morrison just straight, straight died. He says, that's just the way it is. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Looking, you used to know this Nigerian guy, and I used to think he was a bit of a bullshitter, like, because the stories were all, like, just fucking so far out, like, far out, like, outlandish shit. One day he's telling me anyway, like, that he was in school with Nwanko Kano and JJ Okacha, and they were all three of them played, like, under whatever age for Nigeria, and I was like, "Yeah, all right, pal, grand." Like, and he just kept talking. And next when he fucking pulled out the photograph of him, the two boys, they're all on the fucking. I was like, "Oh shit, this guy is really telling the truth." That's a great yeah, story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I fucking um, the girl that was Kano in the like a fucking pencil. He and Kano, uh, Kano was supposed to be a right tight get with the money. Like um, when he used to bring his friends over to the house for a Chinese takeaway, he'd get like the full three courses, and he just give no. Don't fucking take my word for this. This is just what I heard. Like, I don't know. Kano, Kano could be a very generous guy. But apparently, like, if we had Chinese at his house, he'd have the main course. He'd just let everybody else have rice. And then um, he, he was dating this stripper. And she, she wanted to, like, fucking she hit him for money for the rent. She was going to get evicted. And he was like, nah, get evicted. Like, fuck that shit. 20 grand a week. Fuck that. Keep it out in the pocket. You never know. Rainy days. Uh, so... Everybody eat rice. He sounds like a Southeast Asian <laughs> dictator. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Sorry, Matty. I feel like I derailed us I, somewhere there. I, I, Where I were see. we? What were we talking about? He ain't no oh. soft ass shit, that one, eh? <laughs> no, Connor's had his name. At least five hundred pounds. Fuck you, bitch. Get affected. <laughs> I, 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 yeah. I, I I will take the blame for starting this ADD train, but I think everybody fucking hopped aboard too. <laughs> <laughs> I think I did. It was Oscar Colazzo. We're talking about my, but we're talking about his pronunciation. So yeah. it was Oscar Colazzo. Coyazzo. 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 I guarantee this way. Like going forward, the my Scottish ass ain't gonna be fucking Colazzo. It'll be fucking Colazzo going fucking forward, right? I hate. I hate. I was I was watching in the the German game on the telly on Friday night, and this Scottish guy does a commentary, yeah. and obviously he speaks Getting German. Getting back right? on track here, right? I know, but they, but these they, these fuckers who who pushed in these pronunciations on you, man. It's not our fault we don't speak your lingo and we can't fucking say it properly. So just leave it. It's Colazzo. Seems seems like we have a, a quite a, the debate going on opposite sides here, Steve. You uh, going with the more party. you going with the more worldly belief that you would want to know the pronunciation of somebody's name from the get go correctly and respect that. And uh, Andy's saying, "No, I just want to anglicize everything. I, yeah. I demand convenience." Kolkohun. Alim Kanuli, Alim Hanalula, Matty. There's another one, as Joe Kennedy says in the chat. Alim Hanala. Yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I'm not having that one. <laughs> Brian, so, Brian King actually uh, put a tweet out of a guy who's somewhere involved in boxing. I don't know the guy's name. I've never seen him before, but it's like he retweeted it. But it's like two minute highlights of him butchering fighters' names and pronunciations. It's fucking unbelievable. He's just like calling fellas fucking. You know, the the usuals or whatever, but um he called Richard Commie Richard Commie and I was like, Shit, that's what I call Richard Commie. What's he really called? I don't hold it. <laughs> Fuck. B to B from Oh that's another one. B to B. I know you. I know you. <laughs> I know you. <laughs> Remember, it's not Alexander Uzik, it's actually Alexander. <laughs> Hey, so Andy, how about that uh, Oscar Colazzo? <laughs> Oscar Colazzo, yeah, good fighter. Um, done magnificent against that Jerusalem dude. Um, 
I think he will probably dominate the run about that weight class unless uh, he is packing a bag of glass, as you say. But so anyway, wait and see. I mean, he's only what seven, eight pro fights. Um, still on the right. Yeah, sharp fighter, man. I mean, it's, yeah, he, he punches with both hands. Uh, he he finds openings really well. Doesn't seem to to force anything too much. He's he could be around for a while. He's 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 one of those lower weight fighters that we should definitely be keeping our eyes on. Yeah, he could he could definitely dominate. Um, again, it's just at this point, it's just experience to get the pro fights under his belt, few defenses, and hopefully get some unifications. As in terms of ceilings, I don't know really because again, there's only there's only, there's only a few pounds between weight divisions at, at, at that level. But you would you would think anyway that if he is uh, if he's still running about 15, 16, or I would probably see him put one away at some point. I'm just kind of looking at the two rankings just to see what we've got in terms of fights, but. There's nothing that many listeners would actually know, to be fair. To be honest, no many that I know either as well. Because, as I say, these these rankings, it's like fucking F. You hit F5, mate, and it's fucking changing within the week, you know, because boys are moving up in weight, guys retire, no active. So, Alex, but I mean, there's, honestly, there's like, you, you can literally look at the minimum weight rankings one week and you can go back the next week and there was something totally different in there. I mean, some of these names I'm looking at just now, I just have not heard of before. Uh, Matty, I don't have much to add on this, but I can add something very quickly. I don't know if you've got this, um, <clears throat> excuse me, this uh, show on your list or not for next Saturday evening. Tom Loeffler, people might remember him from the Gennady Golovkin fame and obviously the Superfly on HBO. He's doing work on a UFC Fight Pass now. And uh, he's got a guy, Callum Walsh, 7-0, six knockouts, originally from Cork, now based in Hollywood, uh, trains under Freddie Roach. He's got a big step up for a 7-0 fighter, going in against a guy called Juan Jose Velasco. Uh, he's an Argentine guy. He's been in with Regis Progre. Went quite a few rounds. Got knocked out early by Mario Barrios. A good shock win over Zachary Ochoa. Knocked out by Elvis Rodriguez. And in his last fight, fought for the IBA middleweight title vacant, surprisingly, in Romania against Flavius Bay. But he's a tough enough guy. Everything about the... that sounds prestigious, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> IBA title in Romania against Flavius Bay. Is <laughs> it a big time? But before before that auspicious attempt, he, he was uh, fighting good guys. And got, like I said, a Choey beat a Choey. was a bit of a prospect at one point. But the fact that they're putting Walsh in at uh, 7-0, and and I've seen Walsh before. He can definitely punch, puts his shots together lovely. And UFC, doesn't bode well from no. Fight pass. It does, his name is Callum, innit? Callum's not fucking shit, you know what I mean? they got a ceiling, don't they? Everyone called Callum has a ceiling. It's not fucking good. But best of luck to him. Best of luck to him. <laughs> Until he hits that ceiling, Matty. But he's on the Tom Loughlin show. <laughs> Week anyway, and there's a guy Jimmy Hogan, I think he's from Boston of Irish descent. He fights on those cards. He's not on this one. I think he's called Jimmy Hogan or Hogan or something like that. But his fucking fan base are unbearable, by the way. Fucking hell! Oh, it's so. Uh, <laughs> but he's got characters. the worst fan base ever. Oh, fuck's sake! <laughs> some characters go into the ring last time, but yeah, UFC fight past Matty. If you want to catch that one, I just can't handle another subscription, Steve. <laughs> That's all he wouldn't show it anyway. Finally, the finally fucking uh, the strain is too much now for Maddie. He's got too many fucking irons in the fire when it comes to subscriptions. Rob, you weren't here. You weren't here earlier, though, were you? I've said this long before, man. You know, you haven't fucking all these subscriptions to watch the you know the sports and the teams that you actually watch or follow and that over five or six different subs. Nah, man. Enough's enough, Matty. Time to join the revolution team stream. <laughs> oh, there's Callum, Rob. He says F you, Rob. <laughs> He's only got one L to his you name. You see what I mean? You see what I mean? Look at that banter. Like, 
It's decent, but it has a ceiling, doesn't it? Like... <laughs> oh, man. Well, anyhow, uh, what we're really looking forward to, uh, guys, is uh, got a, a, you know, a, a pretty decent card here. Let's work our way up. Uh, at the, the card in Poland, obviously uh, headlined by Mr. Oleksandr Usyk against uh, Daniel Dubois. Always uh, dangerous, always uh, vulnerable, though. Uh, but there's a fair amount of decent fights uh, on this one uh, between some undefeated fighters uh, as, as, as you go through it. Uh, you're kicking off with undefeated fighters, and I'm not going to try to pronounce their names, though, for the love of God. Uh, there's only so many I can go. Let's go. Uh, we also we have uh, 5-0, and oh, Nursultan Amanzolov taking on 3-0, and oh, Lazavek Mulajanov. I think I got that one. Uh, then you got uh, Vasil Sevateri uh, going against what has to be the fucking corpse of Joel Julio. Good God. Um, I can't believe he's still fighting. This will be his uh, 57th pro fight. Good for Mr. Julio there. Oh, my God. Still going along. Uh, then we start getting into the meat of it. Uh, let's see here. We got uh, uh, undefeated Fedor Sarkeesian taking on Anuel Ingamisengue. In- yeah, that was a fun one right there. Um, and then we also have, uh, let's see here, Dimitrio uh, Mitrofanov against Hamza Shiraz. I think that uh, actually was an interesting one as I looked at that one. Uh, Mitrofanov, uh, he has a pretty decent amateur background, I do believe. Uh, then we got Dennis Berenchek, still undefeated, amazingly, against Anthony Yigit uh, coming back again. Um, I tell you what, that's uh, there's some decent things on the undercard as you pick through it a little bit, um, it, but uh, you got a lot of undefeated guys on there. Um, honestly, Andy, uh, pick and choose. Not the worst undercard for a uh, heavyweight heavyweight title fight uh, in uh, Poland. Not bad. Yeah, it's okay, I suppose. Um, I'm just I'm trying to kind of like I can agree with the kind of Mitrofanov against uh, Hamza Shiraz might be decent enough, both undefeated. Um, the, the, I don't know if it's an order, but the way I'm looking at it anyway, if it's going to be the the branch at Yigit, it's going to be chief support. I think Yigit's at this point now is, is done. He's 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 had an okayish career. You know, he's always been running about the kind of title scene or the kind of fringe world level. Uh, so, but I think after the um, the defeat in his last no, he's, I don't know if it was his last fight actually, but the the knockout defeat that he got against. Um, what was his name? Davis, Keyshawn Davis. Actually, I think that kind of proved to me at that point that was uh, that his better days were behind him. Actually, so if it is chief support, I'm 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 expecting Branchik will will win. Um, don't know if he won by stoppage. It's usually quite durable, decent enough. But again, I just don't know what he's got left. So wouldn't be surprised to see Branchik get a stoppage in that fight. Um, that Daniel Lappin, I've seen him before. Actually, I'm sure he's been on some of the music undercards before. Uh, he's fucking massive for the weight. He's like six eight or something like that. Absolutely lanky as anything. I think he's like a light heavy, possibly a cruiserweight. I don't know what he is, but he's I don't I know he's, he's massive. He's tall. Um, I don't know anything about the guy he's fighting, but I suspect the uh, your man here will probably win by decision. But um, yeah, it's okay. I mean, it'll, it'll pass the time. I'll definitely tune in at this one possibly. Uh, most of what I can anyway, depending on the the kids. But uh, yeah, it's all about the main event, I suppose, isn't it? More or less, I think. Rob, did you hear anything that you thought was interesting on there other than probably just giggling at my attempt at pronouncing these names? Well, all the whole time that you were 
discussing that undercard, I was thinking about the time I'm going to say by not watching it. So, um, <laughs> and hoping that the main event is going to be on slightly earlier because they're an hour ahead in Poland. These are the things that was going through my head. I was like, what the fucking time? Uh, am I going to have to sit through all this shit? And then I was like, start thinking about the, produ- the potential production on a heavyweight contest in Poland. There's going to be a lot of heavy metal, maybe a lot of flames. Uh, but hopefully we get the main event done by around 10. You know, it's a, it's a heavyweight contest in Poland, so it'll probably come on Thursday. So, anyhow, I am, hey, uh, hey I am kind of, uh, is that what Who's in America, by the way, Matt? Just out of curiosity. Uh, it's going to be on ESPN Plus. ESPN. Yeah. Steve, uh, did you see anything, hear anything on the inner card that you thought was interesting? Um, I heard you trying to pronounce the names. That was quite interesting. Let me see. I made that joke when you were peeing. So, oh, yeah. right, okay. Yeah. Self-deprecating oh, sh- humor is great. Shakashin? Uh, Shakushin? In fairness, it was better when Sir- Steve said it. It was much funnier. Sarkeesian, <laughs> <laughs> Steve. I got you there, buddy. Sarkeesian. Yeah. He fought uh, Nathaniel Gallimore, didn't he, on the PBC card? I haven't seen much of him since. Espada, I don't remember that fight. Yeah, he's okay. He's a decent enough fighter. Don't know about his opponent. Daniel Lappen. recognize that name, actually. Yeah, he's either the Swedish one. It looks like he's about eight years old. Absolutely, he is. That's that, put, that's that big tall guy, mate. He's about 6'8 or something. I was saying that the guy's a uh, lanky yeah. dude for the weight. I'm trying to think when I saw him fighting before. Is he fought I think he's got a big man. I think he's got like, 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 like a kind of skinhead as such, but then he's like he's got the hair over the top and he's got like the ponytail. Or he's had it that way before. Mm-hmm. One of the mad music type characters. There he is there on the TV. He's Seven nothing like that now. Like, six he's nothing foot like six. that now. Six yeah. for six. Yeah. Yeah. One knockout. He can't punch very hard, clearly, but anyway. So there's him. Uh, who else have we got as well? Uh, Mitrofanov, Denis Berenchik have been floating around. This Atlantic, you get the recycling him. Decent enough. Adam Hamid's on as well, obviously, and uh, Nassim's son. Yeah, I'll, I'll watch it. And this will be on, obviously, time-wise, Poland, isn't it? So, yeah, be on before. And as the lead-in for you, Matty, to the Jared Anderson card, I'd imagine. Yeah, I, uh, there might even be a chance that there'll be a bigger gap than usual in there, as Rob alluded to, optimistically being in Poland uh, to get another hour there. So we'll see what happens. Maybe mm-hmm. you won't have to be up until midnight watching it. Steve. Yeah, I mean, hopefully they don't drag it. I mean, it's, it's K2, it's, well, it's usually say that one in the bidet, so hopefully there's... Frank Warren, they're in it, man. Brick top will have a word. Yeah, Fuck. lads, it's 10 o'clock. What are you doing? Sorry, Frank, we'll put a float on. Allegedly. Well, so all of this that uh, the people are so excited for clearly is uh, just an appetizer for the main event, which I think might be more interesting than some people think. Oleksandr Usak taking on Daniel Dubois. Dubois suffering the only defeat of his career against Joe Joyce. If you remember him getting battered by that jab, suffering a, a broken orbital bone. Um, but uh, Usyk, not that big. Not that big of a puncher. Uh, he is uh, far more athletic than Joe Joyce. He is far more polished. His feet are yeah, in every way in the ring, other than just being a, a big guy with fists the size of a toaster. Usyk, better than Joe Joyce. But all that said, Andy, Dubois, for his flaws, is built a little bit more, swings a little bit more like the guys who have troubled Usyk a little bit. Chisora, of all people, gave him arguably his toughest heavyweight fight, wouldn't you say? Um, Probably. Um, 
Yeah, you did a wee bit better in the rematch, I suppose. But um, the thing with Chisora is he's, he's, he's more durable, I think, than what Dubois is. I mean, we've seen Dubois uh, obviously bail in a fight, obviously broke an orbital bone. We've seen him dropped, I've seen him hurt. Um, okay, he got up off uh, the canvas each time and, 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 and fought back a bit. I, I think back to that Kevin Lorena fight, um, he was badly buzzed. And Lorena's nothing really special when you talk about, like, say, elite talents. And, that. and again, it just shows you, you know, a professional fighter. Oh, well, and another fight where he got an injury, too. Um, yeah. Different was, kind was, of injury, but an injury. It was, it was a Joe Joyce fight, was it? No, he got, broke an orbital bone and he had the, the knee issue against um, Lorena. I thought it was ACL, maybe was it, or was it? The it, was, it was his knee, definitely his knee, because there was there was definitely work going about he needed surgery and that. And then we were kind of surprised that they were going to press ahead with the mandatory when the Fury fight couldn't get made with music. <laughs> so hopefully Dubois is one hundred percent fit. Hopefully the the knee's good because um, he's certainly going to need it actually because he's going to have to use his legs at, at, at times. Um, to be fair, mate, I. I I'm struggling really to kind of understand what what Dubois is going to bring to what Usyk hasn't seen before. I mean, okay, good straight shots, done, but what happens when Usyk starts dancing around the bottom? You know, he can he, he can leave the chin in the air a wee bit and that as well. And Usyk has, has shown as well that he, he, he can he can dig, um, and just with the fragilities that Dubois has shown in the past, you know, getting dropped off like as I mentioned off Kevin Lorena, he can get badly marked up. You know, Yuzik doesn't doesn't miss much. He doesn't he doesn't come out there winging shots. He's 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 no desperate when he's and he's approaching anything like that. He's measured. Every punch counts. Always takes his time. Methodically looks at things and that. And then he'll just start picking it apart. And I think that's what he do to Dubois. And I wouldn't be surprised to see Dubois maybe even get pulled out of the fight potentially on I don't know swollen eyes, maybe on cuts possibly. Um, but definitely I can see Dubois taking the canvas a few times in this fight. Purely because if you see what Lorena did tell me that, I, I think Music could do it as well. Music steps on the gas and does his job how I think he could do it or how he should do it. I think he could take Dubois out of there easy. He's no easy, sorry, but he would take him out of there, probably do it mid-half, start of the kind of later half of the fight. Well, it's uh, let's see here. What is the uh, see if they have an over under out on that right now? I'm kind of curious, Matty. While you're looking, very interesting comment from Des, respected poster, as we all know. He says Triple D hasn't got a chance, different levels. No fighter with Don and Spencer in the corner beats Usyk. That he's he's a very, very wise man. Um, and uh, I, I think Joe Kennedy might be considering doing double points on the prediction league for this, so uh, yeah, be careful how you swing. Joe, if you're listening, mate, Joe, do round betting. So do rounds one. You can't do it. Excel, Excel spreadsheet shit. Oh, bollocks, man. So, anyways, make it make it a special off books one. Then that's what you do. But I agree with Des that as well. I mean, I was trying to say kind of politely as such, but um, again, the the Lorena fight did not fill me with any confidence in that as well. You know, coming off 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 a Joyce, the Joyce fight, he's rebuilt a wee bit, and then to see him getting practically. Desperation stage actually at one point. Um, as I say, I'm kind of surprised as well that the, that the knee hasn't been brought up as such or factored into it. Maybe, maybe, maybe it wasn't an issue at all. Maybe we just don't know. But that was certainly well, what we were here. Th- th- something I was thinking. He, he had all those those problems. I mean, and, and if if uh, Usyk gets him biting on some of those feints, I mean, they oh. step wrong. That could be pretty nasty. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> ah, yeah, I mean, I guess he's, he's no great upper body movement. 
Uh, Dubois. Yeah, as I'm saying, if, if fucking Yusik will just, he'll just dance on the boot. He'll, he'll, he'll ping the body, try and get the hands to come down, he'll come over the top or, down the, or right through the middle with something. And uh, he'll, he'll catch him. He 100% will catch him with something. I'm convinced of it. It's that that's what you would probably say. I mean, because uh, Dubois is a big underdog, he's paying like uh, six to one to win. Um, Rob, uh, are, are you like you said, Andy, it's middle rounds. Uh, Rob, the over under on this one is six and a half rounds with the books. What would you be thinking on that one? Um, I don't know. Do you know what? This is actually um, an interesting fight and an intriguing fight because Dubois was potentially going to be one of the breakout British heavyweight stars before the Joe Joyce fight. Um, I wanted him to kind of knock out Joe Joyce because just for the landscape of the heavyweights, I thought his style was more exciting than when I'd seen him blasting out Nathan Gorman. I thought, like, maybe he's the real deal. I think being matched against guys like fucking Mr. Fujimoto and Ebenezer Tete haven't probably done him any favours. He hasn't been in with any real killers since he beat Joe Joyce either. Lorena, as Andy mentioned, giving him trouble. trouble. Trevor Bryant was just cannon fodder for him and I think he fought some fellas called Rancho Cucamongo or something in between. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. Like I, th- I think Usyk is just way more superior technically I think we all know AJ can bang as well AJ caught him flush and not only can he hold a good shot he's good at disguising when he's in trouble as well because um, I think AJ got to him at different stages across the 24 rounds that they shared together but he wasn't able to capitalise on it wasn't able to do anything with him and I think Dubois style is a lot more basic for Usyk than Anthony Joshua, he's slightly smaller, he's not as good off the jab, he's not as physically imposing, and I think Usyk is just going to be able to move him around um, for about eight rounds and then maybe take him out down the stretch. But Dubois is a live dog in the fight because of his punch. And, you know... It's heavyweight boxing. It is not the same as every other weight class. I definitely think he probably punches a bit harder than Joshua. And then Joshua's done it against a slightly higher caliber of opponent over the course of their careers, obviously, but... You know, I think he's always he's it's it's always going to be an interesting fight as long as he's able or capable of detonating that right hand and he can definitely punch. Can he find Usyk clean enough? Hit him clean enough? Can, is he going to expend so much energy trying to get shots off? I think he's going to look ragged towards the last third of the fight and Usyk might take him out. But I'd like I'd like to see Usyk kind of overcome some fire as well and, st- and walk through some fire and like maybe this fight presents value that we didn't think it was going to. I think, like, as I said, 2023 has been a, a pretty good year, a pretty solid year in terms of big, big fights happening. I wouldn't say this is a mega fight, but it's still a fight for three of the fucking belts. Like, and if Dubois was to win, you know, you'd have Frank Warren making the fucking undisputed title in-house between Fury and Dubois in a big British fight. So, you know, as long, the longer these guys wait out the process of fighting each other and wait for these big fucking piles of money that are being promised by Saudi Arabian investment and skill sets and all this. Like, the the higher the risk is that one of them gets fucking knocked over, like, and a deal goes away. So, I mean, maybe Dubois can throw a, a monkey wrench in the works, but I, I don't see it. I think Usyk takes him out last part of the fight. That's interesting. And I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, and Usyk has, you know... I he definitely has a good chance to be able to get the stoppage here. Uh, and maybe even early, I'm thinking, because Dubois has a chance with, with the punch. I mean, it's just, it's heavyweight boxing. But Steve, when I think kind of think about it, I'm like, if Lorena, who also was a cruiserweight who was moving up, 
um, hurt Dubois at times. So let's take the knee injury aside. I mean, he actually gave him more problems than just that mobility issue right there. Um, there was definitely some uh, hard shots that Dubois had to uh, take there. It looked like he was going to get stopped in that fight. Um, man, this is going to actually maybe be a short night as, as I start thinking about an, an odd potential outcome. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. And I have much of what the guys are saying written down in my notes, including the Lorena situation. As you mentioned, that's a huge reg flag for me. A shout out to a friend of the pod, Don Charles. I know that um, relatives of Don's listen. They always get back to him whenever we give them a shout out and a pat on the back. So hopefully I'll not send this clip to them. But I know, I know, I know you're a big fan of Don as well, Matty. And I've done the interview with him and everything, which is up on the YouTube channel. But I do find it difficult to make a case. They're obviously super confident, as most teams would be going over. You wouldn't expect anything else. But Dubois can punch. He definitely can punch, but to a level, I think. And when you come to U6 level, much like Joe Joyce's level as well, as he showed in that fight in the Albert Hall when he beat Dubois, the, the best guys can find ways to circumvent that power. And Dubois, in the most part... He's flexible to a point, to a level, but he needs you to stand still for a second or two at times and receive. And Usyk, it will work very hard. His style is based upon not being in position to receive those shots, to take those flush shots. And I think that movement is going to give Dubois a lot of trouble, that constant in and out. Dubois is a confidence fighter as well. And I think once his confidence is shook, you can definitely beat him. And with Usyk jabbing away, the motion, the engine, as Andy said, the knee, twisting, turning, Dubois trying to catch him, getting frustrated, losing heart, losing confidence. He showed a lot of balls against Lorena coming back. The fact he was dropped heavy was a real red flag, as I mentioned earlier. And people say, well, he come back despite the injury and knocked him out. Absolutely he did. But a fighter of any better calibre than Lorena wouldn't have allowed that to happen, that stoppage to come about. They would have finished him off in that second round or third round, whenever it was, and absolutely iced him because he was there for the taking. And someone of U6 calibre, I think, will do that. I can see it being a little bit cagey early on. I can see Dubois throwing a few shots, uh, trying to feel him out, trying to get to him, land on the ropes, especially to the body, because that's what we saw uh, Joshua have uh, success with in the seventh round. But U6 will just swiftly start taking over. And once he does, the blows are going to be hard, fast, accurate shots. Matt Butters in the chat mentioned about U6 power not carrying up, but the repetitive combinations, the punching, it's just relentless, isn't it? It's hurtful banging time and time again, the eye starting to close, Dubois losing heart. You can see the corner coming in in between rounds and saying, look, I've seen enough here. The towel's coming in. Usyk, after about round six or seven, will have figured him out. And the static figure of Dubois either in the corner, the referee, whatever it might be, maybe the towel coming in. Round nine, <clears throat> excuse me, Usyk stopping him for me. Add to that as well, it's going to be a fucking cauldron. I don't think Dubois has been on a stage like this before. It's going to be practically a home fight for, for Usyk in Poland. I think it has the, the highest percentage of uh, yeah Ukrainian refugees that have uh, migrated. Right by the border, like, so, someone was saying, apparently. Yeah, yeah it's, going to be, it's going to be like a home home fight. With, and that, with Usyk being such a big hero, it's going to be fucking a very intimidating atmosphere. I'm not sure like he's even fought in a place. that I don't know what the capacity is the place is, but I'm imagining it's pretty... Um, Big stadium, um, for this event. So, yeah. So that's fucking that's massive. Like, and it's gonna be. I don't think he's gonna be bringing a big away traveling support over there either. That's gonna rival the home crowd. So that's gonna be another factor for him as well. He's gonna to have to deal with that. Like, and I think that plays into what Steve was saying about he's a confidence fighter. Like, I think that's right. He sometimes if when he loses confidence, he looks like a rabbit in the headlights. It looks like he doesn't know what he's doing in there. Like. And up against Usyk, like you just gotta, you think he's gonna exploit that, don't you? Like, 
Yeah, we'll we'll see. I'll tell you what, uh, an Usyk loss would be uh, about the worst thing that has happened to Ukraine in like 18 months. So uh, <laughs> let's let's not. <laughs> but but uh, at, at six to one, Jesus Christ, it's almost tempting to bet on Usyk. What's the uh, KO? What's the KO? Because there's only one way. You might as well, if you're going to bet on him to win, you might as well bet by the KO because there's only one more fucking chance he has. Nine to one, nine to one, and um, well, if you're going to throw your money away, you might as well throw it away on the nine to one instead of the six to one. Like, that's his only <laughs> he's shot, not going to be out boxing him, is he? Yeah, you know, the only prob- the only problem with that one when you do that, Rob, is it turns it into where you don't have just the two way action where like a draw is a throwaway, like head clash ending the bout early and shit like that. You could get screwed. Um, so that's the only reason, like, I hesitate. They're getting fucking screwed anyway. Just put it on the KO, fuck's sake. Oh, fucking Jesus. Uh, yeah, anyhow, I, I don't know. Um, gonna be a full day of boxing. Uh, that, that's for damn sure. And then after that, obviously, not as big of a deal, just kind of going, uh, uh, chronologically here, because this is gonna be on, uh, Sunday early morning for you guys. Um, I'll try to give a heads up to, to the nutters and let them know if there's anything good in there and maybe let you guys know as well if there's something particular to pick off that's better than anything else but uh we're going to tulsa oklahoma again with espn uh for a heavyweight batch uh headlined by jared anderson against audrey rudenko um we're also going to have uh, nico ollie walsh on there uh i swear to god he's related to somebody it's killing me right now what's his name I don't know. It was fucking was like Floyd Patterson. I don't fucking know. Callum Walsh, you uh, mentioned earlier, I think is your image. <laughs> there you go. There you go. That, that's Nico. Callum Ali was. Steve is a cold character. We're going to have uh, uh, Abdullah Mason on this card, Steve, uh, who I think has a lot of incredible tools. Uh, it could be, could be one to watch. Yeah, I like him. Uh, Bruce Carrington, who I think I have my doubts about. Um, Andy, uh, your boy Bakadir Jalalov going to be yeah, on this know. one. Yep, he's going in there against this. is going to be another fun one. Onorio de Wareme. Sounds like a virus, man. Onorio de Wareme. You have to give some syllable what's, play to get that one out, Matty. He's not the Wareme about him. He's alias Godzilla. Well, let's let's see how this goes for the the announced team if they do better than I do. Um, anyhow, but and so that's got that going. This was weird FA Jogba going in against Zan Kasabutsky, who Jared Anderson was supposed to fight in his last fight a couple of months ago, and Kasabutsky had to pull out. I think uh, if She's I recall. A yeah, so uh, I don't know. Very right. weird thing going on there. But um, that said, there's a fight on here that I, I think could be sneaky good. Um, you got undefeated Charlie Suarez going in there. And uh, Steve, I don't know if you happen to catch a fight, his fight with Paul Fleming. I can't say that I have um, taken out the undefeated Australian. Um, this man uh, now undefeated and going in there, though, against a hell of a puncher. And Johan Vasquez. Um, this one, I think, could be the highlight of this card. Could be a sneaky good fight. Um, I don't know. Have you seen any of Suarez or Vasquez? I don't think I've seen anything of either of them, to be honest with you. Charlie Suarez. I'm looking at the box right now as we speak. He, so see. that went over Fleming, Steve. As I, I need, to, I want to go track down that fight to watch it because he was down on all the cards and uh-huh. come back to win by a 12th round TKO. 
So he must have seen curious. something in him then. He looks like a computer game character on his box work there on the on the screen. <laughs> the King's Warrior is 35. So yeah, I don't know. Show it's not a hard life, but looks of things. <laughs> Never I've, heard uh, of I've just I've I've I know I've heard the name he's it's World Series of Boxing. They fought that Domenico Valentino. I think he was seen running oh. up being to win a gold medal, possibly. Right, Domenico yes. Sal as well. Mm-hmm. Look at that so, smile, is Charlie just a nickname on the yeah, store? Look at that man. They're, they're <laughs> definitely they're definitely If your kid's football coach <laughs> looks like that, be very, very careful. <laughs> well he's got no eyebrows, so if he gets to the decision, he's not even gonna be able to look surprised about it. You <laughs> <laughs> uh, gotta appreciate it though. I mean, uh, you know, he, he looks like a burn victim without having to actually go to the pain of the fire. He's looking well for 35 with the old forward there, Matty. A bit of Botox <laughs> on the go, remember? King yeah. Warrior. But it's, it's other guy that Matty was trying to pronounce, the Nigerians one. That's the one you need to pull up. Oh, His right, alias, okay. Godzilla the Secret. Godzilla the Secret. <laughs> is that what his nickname is? <laughs> what? Godzilla's not a secret. He comes out of the ocean and fucking burns down cities with his fucking fire breath. There's no secret about it. Mm. Well, he looks like a bit of a unit anyway, this fella. Let's, let's, See, let's I was thinking about like, top rank there. I mean, we had the uh, Torres on that <laughs> card last week. Why not keep Torres for this week or put Jalov on that card last week? You know, uh-huh. if you try to build toward that fight, like, you know, it would be ideal. I just... This is an eight-rounder then, so you've got him, Army. He's been stopped twice, so he's six foot seven, but he's been stopped a couple of times, so he's going to be prime for Jalilov's going to smoke him in about a couple of rounds, I would imagine. I'd say that's what yeah. he's set up for. See that that is uh, Zusupov. He's fighting that Winston Campos. I'm sure that Josh Taylor will beat him as one of his upcoming fights, and Josh Kelly will beat him as well. Oh, right, okay. So that'll be an easy win, I would imagine, Matt, if you're well, wanting to get money on that one. There's a bit of previous form here, Matty. So, oh, um, Army, uh, fought in 2021 against Zahn Kosobutsky, who's on the main event or the, the, the chief support, sorry, against the Jagba, and he got knocked out in four rounds. That was two fights ago. So top ranker working moves here. <clears throat> Excuse me. Kosobutsky was supposed to fight Anderson, as you mentioned. Couldn't get a visa. Why not just put him in with Anderson now? Instead, they're putting in Anderson against a really weak opponent, in my opinion. This Andre Rodenko. Obviously, they wouldn't have known how the Charles Martin fight would go. But Rodenko is really not a great fighter. He's 39. He's been around the block a long time. You'd imagine Anderson's going to bomb me out in two or three rounds. Why put Anderson in against Rodenko so quickly after the Martin fight? He's only been stopped once, Steve. Went the distance with Zhang. I don't know. This guy could mm. uh, could could be a pretty sturdy guy at the very least, going rounds twice in a row after going the distance with Martin. He could. I've, I've wondered where I'd heard of him before. Again, Wolverhampton shout out, 2014. That was his first loss to Lucas Brown. That was one of the old, on one of the old Box Nation cards. I remember watching that fight. That was his first defeat. Then he fought Huey Fury in Monaco, and then he started picking up losses and that. But Rodenko, I don't know. I just imagine Anderson will come out throwing a lot of bombs early on. The crowd will get involved. The referee will jump in, twitchy, and stop the fight. But I wonder why they're not put Kosobuski back in again. He is a tricky guy, and he could give a Jagba fits, you know. He's, he's a slick southpaw, and a Jagba's pretty limited. If he catches you with the big shot, you'll go. But Kosobuski's not that easy to hit. So I wonder what top rank are up to here. I'd, lo- I'd love to know. Get get Bob on the phone. She's, you know, I think it might as well. You got the odds there for, like, just curiosity, because you like your parlays. Lewis against Milton on that undercard. Cause, uh, I don't see, I don't have odds on that. There's no, not, nothing out yet. Probably Wednesday I would, would see something there. Maybe see about that one going the distance, actually. What one? 
Milton against Lewis, probably Milton to win on points, eight rounder. Oh God, oh, yeah. yeah, that guy. He just he doesn't like he doesn't throw much whatsoever. He's just not a busy fighter. Uh, but I'm just looking at his kind of like his last five or six fights. I mean, he has fought some of the kind of like you know Jermaine Franklin, Junior Far, Carlos Taka, Mzilli Zhang. All of those, he's just been stopped off one of them, which was Zhang in two rounds. Jeremiah Wilson. Yeah, I'm sure I've seen him before fighting against. Yeah. Somebody. Yeah, it was really boring. Uh, look, he was on, uh, His nickname's yeah. Dreamland. He looks like he's in Dreamland as well, doesn't he? Oh, Abdullah Mason. This this kid seems to be getting a lot of uh, hype as yeah. well, you know, eh? Yeah, he's I, good. I Mason's good, yeah. <laughs> 19. Yeah. Yeah, he's one of uh, many uh, good young prospects that are coming out. It could be, I don't know. I don't think boxing is as bad as people think it is. I think because there, there's a lot of good fights that can be made. But, uh, yeah, I, I honestly, I think. Don't bet against the Masons, anyway. I uh, nice. I I honestly think that this uh th- that this Anderson fight I I think it could go quite a few rounds possibly, um uh, maybe maybe it doesn't go the distance maybe it becomes the second guy, uh to stop him but but I, I but I don't know about that uh Anderson needs a few more rounds I think he definitely needs some seasoning, um still. So yeah, could be decent that card actually. There's a lot of good names and there's some. Decent enough opponents on you might just get the big knockouts as well, you know, because mm. there's like about three heavyweight fights, yeah, over there. exactly. Uh, Jalilov's gonna smoke that guy in about one or two oh, rounds, aye. I bet you. And then your Jag, but I, I don't know, he, he might struggle to find uh, Kosabutsky, but I, I think Anderson's gonna overwhelm the Denko. But you, just, like... you, you get that impression that Jag is going to be the time it's gonna get knocked out well, eh? Mm-hmm. Someone will catch him, yeah, yeah. So, well, uh. Maybe not going to be a very long one today. I guess I'll just sneak in there because you never know when things change. Rob, you might be, be curious about this. Andy, maybe too. This is interesting enough. The over-under is available on Joyce versus Zhang, and it is at 10 and a half rounds. What was so, the first fight again? The first fight went seven, six. Yeah, I think it could go over six and a half. No, I said it's ten and a half. Oh, ten and a half. Sorry. Yes. Right. I. It's that's some interesting long-term action. Just throwing out a little stuff for the gamblers. I've. I actually have been coming back. It was looking dire, and I've won a few lately. Um, coming back. But anyways, I. I do think this is interesting for long-term because the way I, I don't know, guys. I. I don't want to get too ahead of this because. But. But uh, this, this is a more. This is a good rematch actually because. Joyce just got busted the fuck up on that eye. I mean, he it wasn't like he was necessarily getting buzzed or anything like that. I'm just curious if he can. My... Well, and I, well, I'm just curious if he can big man. I just, I would. They're they're basically trying to say that. I mean, give or take that that fight's going to go to a decision almost. I mean, it's almost it, it, it's pushing into that land. Um, and I, God, I don't know about that. I I, I think that that's a that's. God, I, I think you're really reaching if you think that that's going to go uh, the distance. Shang was catching him with some heavy shots. Frank Warren's doing that all the time, isn't he? He keeps going, you know, Joe lost with an eye injury as if like it was some kind of accidental clash of heads. Yeah, yeah the eye injury was caught by the left hand, constantly bashing into it all night. Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> he, he got lit up a little bit there. Uh, your, your thick skull can't do anything to help you there, Joe. It was, just, it was, it was just straight left hand, just in the middle. It was, oh, oh, it's, the only punch he needed oh, the, the, the entire night was straight left hand. He bought into the fact that he just walks through things, didn't he? That yeah. was the whole narrative. You know, he just, he just keeps coming through, he just keeps walking through people and just couldn't keep walking through eventually. 
Well, I was surprised. Ah, uh, what I was surprised with Zang was was was, was his footwork, like because he was he was very nifty. And he was kind of like he would step back, kind of like then step to the side or dip to the side, and then he'd come back with his own uh, right jab and set up that left hand. But Joyce just couldn't defend that left hand. Zhang's decent. I said this a few fights ago, and I know people laughed. And then when the Jerry Forrest fight come through, and obviously he had renal failure, and this says, "Oh, he's found his level now." I seen him early on in his career, and for a big lad, a big massive unit. I always thought he put his hands together really well. You know, he was fast. Mm-hmm. He wasn't just your people were comparing him to Ty Fields. Ty Fields was terrible. Zhang can box, man. He's he's not Tyson Fury, but but he's yeah. he's got pretty good pretty good feet all in all for a big guy. Yeah. Zhang hurt him early today as well in that fight. I think it was it was at the second or third round with a left hand. That's right. I forgot your second. Probably round. had the uh, maybe even had Jonathan Joyce turned his back and went into the another mm-hmm. corner or whatever or not. And Zhang beat Hergovic. I don't care what anybody says. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But uh, nah, that was a beatdown. Um, and I think we said at the time, you just don't know what Joyce could do differently because he, he, what he does is what he does. He, he stands there. He's a strong, powerful unit who comes forward. But he's, he's meeting resistance and he just he just kind of keep walking through that all night. So he's going to have to move side to side, move the head minimum at least because he's just kind of keep eating those... Those left hands. I I don't think he trying to get a guy who's like that that big and thickly built to like try to move their head a whole lot. I think that's a bad. Idea. I I think he should be trying to catch and shoot. I He's think caught. catch and shoot's a whole lot easier to teach than good head movement. If you fill the glove, you you turn your hand loose. You should be in the corner, Matty, on the evening. Yeah, I I definitely should take over for a legendary Cuban trainer, right? <laughs> Or does just, he get rid of Salas? I'm not sure. I'm not sure that's a match Boxer that really works. Salas <laughs> <laughs> has his hands full, doesn't he? He seems to turn up in a lot of corners every week now, so I'm not sure that's a good relationship for the two of them, to be honest. Yeah, curious, uh, just anyone, I, I don't know if we'll like, get to it, but just if anyone in the uh, chat happens to know um, if uh, Joyce is still with uh, Ismail Salasa, yeah, let me know. I'm kind of curious about that. I didn't even think about that. Hamid, uh, just quickly going back to Anderson, says Kosabutsky versus Anderson is what top rank want to make down the line. Yeah, absolutely. But they wanted to make it last time. And it was only for the fact that Kosabutsky's visa didn't come through. So I'm just wondering why they don't make it now and they put a Jagbrun in instead. That's what I was saying earlier. It is curious, right? The, that that bit is curious, and you almost like I I don't know. Do you wonder if they're putting him within with the jog, but thinking a jog will just take this guy out and nobody will care anymore? Um, mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I I've never been that impressed with the Jogba, right? And uh, who was the guy that we just saw get kicked, his ass kicked uh, about a month ago? Um, who um, who went uh, the distance with a Jogba in a real close fight? Well, Frank Sanchez. No. No, 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 no. Yes. Oh, sure. Yeah, he got battered by that Australian, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. He just got just got battered by a really, really sloppy fighter. And that fight with the with the Jogba was reasonably close. I think he lost it probably, but it was it was reasonably close. Um, And uh, so, I mean, considering a Jogba, uh, you know, didn't really even so much as put a dent in Shaw. I don't know. It gives you a few questions. I, I'll you be might, curious to see the odds on that. You might be onto something there. Maybe they're thinking Kosobutsky could possibly beat a Jagber and then he'll have that sort of little bit of juice squeezed off him, you know, for when he eventually fights Anderson. It'll be a bit more of a of a win. 
Or maybe they're going to put a Jaguar in with Anderson. I don't know. I, I wonder think, what they're thinking. I think you'll probably face the winner. Is, is yeah. In. But, but I, I, I think that I, I think they've been trying to. I mean, a Jaguar already has a couple of losses on his ledger. I think, Steve. Am I incorrect? Here's, he has one. He lost to Sanchez, didn't he? There you go. Here's, here's another one for you guys. See that Kotsubutski? He actually beat that Nigerian dude two years ago in Germany. Fourth round knockout. That's right. My God. What else we go here? Do happen? I tell you what, his resume is actually quite lacking to me. I think about it, actually. Kotsubutski's. Just realised as well, I thought he, he'd fought in America before as well. This is his first fight in America as well. Yeah, Who's fought... the one I'm getting mixed up with him? <sighs> I'm not sure. I've seen him fighting that uh, Sokolowski. It was on one of the Al Siesta shows in the bubble in Belarus. And he looked good. He looked decent. He looked small, although you can't really tell. But he, he fights in like a crouched stance and he's quite, uh, you know, dips in and out, southpaw. Right. Flip me those, on, guys sorry. Are hard, those guys are hard to fight when you've been fighting big yeah. guys. You know, that, they're hard as hell to fight. I've, I've fairly prolonged this bit, Matty. I do apologise. No, it's okay. No, we might actually kind of make it. Might make it to the two and a half hour mark. Sea level heli- heavyweight chat. There you go. Uh, well, we'll we'll see uh, what's going on. I, uh, <laughs> oh, sorry, Steve, just just before we do segue, actually, Aussie was actually messaging me today, actually, because I I actually put up the the word that says, "What are we going to be talking about today?" And Aussie says, "Well, we could talk about Baluta." I say, "Aye, that's fair enough. It was a great fight, but we can't talk about it for a fucking hour." <laughs> Here we are. Morning you underestimated me, Andy. I just caught myself yeah, on there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but you weren't prepared for us getting onto the fucking undercard of the Jared Anderson show. So, <laughs> so there, your fun happens. Here we are. Down the uh, Belarus rabbit hole. <laughs> seen that one. <laughs> but Ozzy says, Ozzy says we, should, we should actually go and watch some Soul Farah fights and report back on it tonight. That's how bad that is for, for, uh, for content and trying to get tours tonight. You know, I, 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 uh, I, I'm trying to get see get some people to come over to the states for uh, the Sonny Edwards Bam Rodriguez fight, and I think our our buddy uh, Mr. Uh, Ricky uh, Graville might uh, wander on over. Actually, he's he's could he's be banned. He's banned. He's not gone anywhere. Ricky man, if he is going over there, I hope he makes it through the fucking. Uh, he's on the fucking sanctions list, isn't he? He's been reported. Reported as being uh, on the FTK sanctions list. We'll, 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 we'll see. We'll see what happens. But if we could get, uh, if we might be, if, but if uh, anybody, if we could get, uh, actually, if we wanted to do the most epic one ever, and because it's such a cheap country to to spend money, and if we could have an international get get together in Bolivia, well, we <laughs> oh, could be there. Sell fight. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, no one's given a reason. For the that only way Ricky's there. getting into the states is if he washes up on the shore. <laughs> <laughs> Boxing asylum, Bolivian trivia, freaking one hundred and one. Oh, but yeah. Saul Farah hosting the live event, refereeing <laughs> at it as well. Aye, sanctioned it. His ring as well. If he loses, we all run in there and start kicking his opponent's head. Coogan and fucking Eddie Hearn and all—they put a fucking they put the kibosh on our fucking dreams of a live event. Because if them cunts couldn't get fucking anybody into a fucking venue without their celebrity yes. power, what fucking hope have we? Well got? said, Rob. Stop asking for don't ask us for live yeah. events ever again. It's just <laughs> I, you, I, you, I you me happy, Dominic, Ricky Gravel, and fucking what's it called? Matt Butters and what's it? What the popcorn? And that's it. Like fucking empty yeah. room. 
Joe that's... Candy might make the trip. <laughs> I, I already I, said I, this to the fucking public. I don't think we. <laughs> you know, even if we could get two dozen of us together in a room, I think that would be a good time. And I, not everything. Good time has... for who? <laughs> <laughs> they even get Donny look like Lawrence Arabia as well, actually. Darts legend Chris Mason's in the chat. We could get into <laughs> him. God, I worry about fucking you. Masons are everywhere tonight. Abdullah, <laughs> 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 Chris, they're, they're following you. They're following you, Rob. Always look at the. Don't numbers. I know it? Don't I know it? <laughs> and Paul was following him as well. Actually, I'm going to get to that venue in a week. Right, you see. Now he doesn't have to worry about Irish or Interpol following him around. He has to worry about Irish Paul following him around. It's a very bothersome event. <laughs> So, anyways, uh, Steve, I guess it's got a time to go to you for the value of the week. Are you ready? I'm just about. <laughs> Are we ever ready? It feels like we're in value. Well, I always feel like we're already. ready to end it, but I. <laughs> oh dear, more ways than we one. never fucking we never fucking found out who's Jared. Is it, do we think Jared Anderson's going to win? Yeah. yeah Why not? <laughs> Steve, I've got a late one for you. I'm just going to stick it in the chat here, mate. Okay, fair enough. That'll do. Uh, okay, on to episode 536 of the Bell of the Week. Matty's here, Rob's here, Andy's here, and me, Steve. Uh, Andy's just thrown in a late one. We'll try and get that one as best. I think I might, I've got a couple from here, Andy, so I might have that one already. I'm not sure. You have to go this one. Okay, fair enough. I'll check it out in a minute. Anyway, as I mentioned earlier, on MVP Productions, that's uh, Jake Paul's crowd. They were running a show on Friday evening on DAZN. We had Paulie Malinaji. We had uh, Wade Plemons the uh, UFC-induced presenter, and Dan Canobio. And the sound engineer left the mics on in between. And Wade Plemons was really enthusiastic about one of them, the chief support. He was so enthusiastic that he actually forgot the names of one of the participants. Let's have a listen. We have a stacked main card here, but I want to talk about two fights specifically. Let's talk about our co-main event, a welterweight WBA's Continental America's title between Damian Lascar and... Fuck. Run it again, guys. Sorry. It's all right. Sorry about that. That's <laughs> <laughs> like when uh, Maddie comes to me eventually, I'm after forgetting the fucking point that I was about to make up. Gentlemen, Fuck. we have a stacked main. <laughs> oh, it's played again. Oh, sorry, Wade. Don't want to go through that again. Anyway, um, so the mic kept on flitting in and out, and after a while, they asked Paulie Malinaji if he was going to LA. I'm not really sure what for. It sounds like some kind of event or something. Are you going to LA, Paulie? And this is the response that he gave. A bit cryptic. Maybe one of you boys can work out, but he's not going to LA anyway. Hmm? I don't want to risk the sky job. That's the problem. Don't fuck up the money. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> I don't want to risk the sky job. Don't fuck up the money, says Wade. Then what's going on there, Andy? <laughs> Where's your boss? Tell you what, right? He was the best pundit ever, and he fucked the bag up because he couldn't shut the fuck up and stop talking politics. We don't want to hear about politics from Polly Malinazi, regardless of what fucking side of the streets are on. I don't think you should be taking your fucking political cue from Malinazi. Like, why can't he just shut the fuck up? He was brilliant on comms. And now he's fucking living in obscurity on Poly TV. What do you know? What do you know? What do you know? What do I know? Hey, with your balls, kinda. 
Yeah, his his like boxing IQ is the only thing about him that isn't like totally fucking Jersey Shore. I I worry about him. I think he has mm-hmm. CTE because you know fucking PD cards. I said this before on the on the I used to listen to Paulie's podcast. He had a podcast every week, and I thought it was going to be about like him covering the fights, and it was about like his political fucking ideas and different stories but one of the stories was listen guys come on come on come on if margot robbie is waiting in a room for you with your lingerie you would you would you would you would you would, you would fuck pd cards to get to her come on guys come on come on that's not gay that's not gay you would do pd she's all in her lingerie in the room waiting for you like paul paulie come on come on you would do it guys come on come on and i was like what the fuck am i listening get the fuck <laughs> off this fucking channel what is he talking about <laughs> Sounds like he's trying to come to terms with the devil's threesome he had in his past. <laughs> <laughs> he's taught that one through anyway. Like, who's presenting that scenario, by the way? Is if Margot Robbie's talking to an agent, like, get Paulie Malinazzi on the phone, but only if you fuck with your guys first. <laughs> well, he doesn't want to risk the Sky job anyway, so shout out to Paulie. But like you said, Andy, he hasn't been on Sky for years. If that was three years ago, that was last Friday. I was going to ask, actually, when was your last one, Sky? I don't know. Will you not be back on I mean... again? I don't think after that. <laughs> <laughs> or his mate, Wade. Put Fuck, guys. I mean, he's, got the pre, he's got the, the Pro Box uh, gig, isn't he? Yeah, well, he's on the Pro. I don't know how much he's get, getting paid, but he's, he's enjoying does, life. I don't, I mean, I don't does... know that there's... That, I think that they might be owners in that. It's I don't know how that whole thing yeah, works. Yeah, it's, it's dodgy as hell, that, isn't it? Stop oh, talking guy. about my side piece. <laughs> oh, you guys hey, don't get laid. See that? That is one of the most epic meltdowns ever in <laughs> boxing. When AB got in his head, he's now Heyman Judge. It's pretty clear. It's, it's pretty clear, you guys. Boxing is disgusting. But, next thing, next week, fucking Paulie Malinazzi signs with who? Al Heyman. Brother roasted him so bad, man. See, see, like, see, like pre uh, pre fight. Donald McKipper. See, after the fight, man, he had him like almost crying, and he had him put fucking dancing post fight as well. You know, so I, I took Paulie's belt and I took his girl. Don't stop talk- <laughs> talking about my side piece. <laughs> <laughs> my side piece. Don't brag about my side piece. Paulie gave him a right good run for his money as well, didn't he? But the fact he didn't get the decision. <laughs> I thought Paulie. Forget. I thought that was a terrible performance, but the right was on the wall for Broder at one four seven at that after that yeah, performance because Paulie, if Paulie had any hands at all, like he would have fucking got the decision. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yep. He was hitting him with everything, but just wasn't budging him. Like, it's just like, get your boss. See Mark Stanton's post there. What's I'm that? I remember that, actually. See Mark Stanton's post in the chat there. I'm trying to remember that instant. What's he say? It's Paulie a... spat on a matchroom punter. So Frank Smith. He's uh, always spitting. He spit on oh, he loves to spit. He spat at that Lobov, didn't he? Yeah, that's right. And he spat that's at right, the uh, truck on the yeah. street. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just that's right. Spitting at everything. He loves to spit. Oh, what a guy. Go get your fucking sandbox. He was in with Boxer, wasn't he, Rob? Do you remember Ben Shalom? He used to turn up on their shit shows. That was that was a great move. <laughs> <laughs> for fuck's sake. He's fucked. He fucked it up for me, didn't he, Ben Shalom? We were championing him so fucking hard just to wind Eddie up, and he fucking went, what's he at, man? Give me that fucking job instead of him, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Back to running the sweet shop. Anyway, uh, here's Eddie's pitch, Matty, for the future AJ fights, in case you didn't want to watch them and pay for them on DAZN. Hearn on Joshua's performance against Alanius. This is just the AJ you're going to see now. No chances, Matty. Selling that by heavy, Eddie. <laughs> Get you out to sink highlights on that, Matt. He's 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 left me at a loss for words. Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so one, uh, Matty wants people to come over for Bam Rodriguez against Sonny Edwards, but Roman Chocolatito 
uh, Gonzalez is appearing to be the, the troll here. He says, easy, easy win for Bam. God bless. Uh, Sonny Edwards said, when I beat him, you're next. You must have forgot how I made your friend Alvarado look. And uh, Chocolatito Andy says, I love your energy, but you're not in Bam's level. I will save this post and resend it to you on the 17th. God bless. <laughs> Roma being clear there about his intentions. <laughs> He's bookmarking that one, baby. Rodriguez opened up at only a slight favorite, too. So I uh, interesting enough if you want to get on that long term. This is for all yeah, the marbles. Oh, what I mean... <sighs> Sorry, go ahead. Was it always my? Uh, Bam's. I think Bam's paying like two to three, basically. Mm-hmm. And and so so Edwards is just paying a little bit better than even money. I think he was probably about two to. Edwards will cause some problems. Edwards will uh, easily cause some problems. Story of two fights, not value the weak material. That's it is cool. actually Sorry. it is actually Maddie because you're forgetting if fucking Sonny Edwards gets the win, he's got the promised land waiting for him. Uh, is the quote has agreed to go on a date with Sonny Edwards if he can get the victory over Bam Rodriguez. So she's making it about her again. <laughs> he, she is the motivation for fucking Sonny Edwards' win. Uh, Just coming for the your money. Now listen, this is the fucking death by a the, broken the, pelvis. This is the 90 Day Fiance fucking documentary I wanted to see. The romance between Sonny Edwards and the quote. Let's have it. Like, we need a celebrity boxing couple. Like, we've had enough of them in music and football. We need a few fucking uh, celebrity couples in boxing. So, the quote and Sonny Edwards is a fucking... Uh, is a great, has a lot of great potential for value of the week content in well, the future years to come. Like, Well, I'm going to say, if he's, if he's going to pleasure her, it, uh, he's lucky that he has good hands. Oh, there you are. The quote was tweeting. <laughs> <laughs> the quote was tweeting out earlier. I didn't manage to catch it. <laughs> she said, "She said I be leaving my emotions uh, alone, y'all. It feels good as fuck. I just be chilled as hell. Something like that. Something I'm paraphrasing. It was something well, like that." Here, here we are. She tweeted out, "I ain't gone lie. I just want to wake up married to a wonderful, loving man and pushing a baby out. Is that too much to ask for? And a little emoji of a pregnant woman. So there you go. Pregnant person. Selling the dream, there. Bigger than a baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shout out to the quote. We love a bit of quote. They're talking of pushing out. There's Paris Fury. Paris shows us how she makes it work. Uh, lots of, have, if you have asked, what will what will be in? How does she do it? And they are, how does she do it? Uh, Andy, getting on that one. Uh, the, the new Paris Fury book. Tyson, the kids and me. My yeah. miss is gonna buy that straight away. You know. She's hundred percent by oh hundred percent. She loves Paris Fury. Like watching at home, oh. watching the fucking the Fury's documentary. She has the last book and all. Okay. I'll just buy the book for fuck's sake. I was just waiting for the stuff to appear on Twitter, mate. Um, yeah, I'd, best luck. I don't know. It's mad how women are into that. Like, there's just people who are just famous for fucking. Do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, not, I... no shots of Paris Fiori, like, but she's Tyson Fiori's missus. Like, I don't really, really necessarily read her fucking second book. You know what I mean? I'm not fucking hanging <laughs> oh, out. I wish. I wish. I wish. I wish. for this installment. Like, well, well Rob, the body puncher and 10,917 others seem to be willing to Body read. punchers, Andy Lee, actually. That's fucking. <laughs> uh, oh, that's is that his right? account. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, fucking. Yeah, so, yeah, I don't know. My missus was, like, thrilled when she reposted us fucking dressed up at the fucking Halloween party as, as Fiori and the missus. Like, and she was like, Paris Fury fucking shared us. I was like, so fucking what? Like, who cares? And she's like, fucking... <laughs> anyway. She, she, I wish I had the talent to do it, but she, she when Bill Burr absolutely roasted Michelle Obama for bringing out a book, mm-hmm. right? That's what, that's what I kind of, like, feel deep down about this. 
Right, so <laughs> you haven't got the energy at ten o'clock. <laughs> Michelle Obama was married no. to a fucking president. Like, no, but hang on. Hang on, so she's she married she was... to a depressed gypsy with a drug problem. <laughs> who cares? She wasn't elected. Don't want to hear from her. Michelle Patel, man, get in. Anyway, let's <laughs> <go on. laughs> Canelo Alvarez, we love being involved in these kind of fights. Brackets, big fights. Al Heyman, thank you for this. Showtime, everybody involved. I think right now the best promoters are Canelo Promotions and PBC. Eddie's kicked Ooh! over. Love Ooh! affairs over. That picture's been flung out of the map of PC. Eddie had to admit that, didn't he? He's, he's, he's on a clip saying, like, by far, PBC are the best promoters in America. But we want to be number one, like yeah, yeah motherfucking yeah. Canelo is like fuck you, Eddie. See you later, hasta mañana, asshole. Put your white suit back in the fucking wardrobe. <laughs> Eddie canceling the mariachi band. All like, sorry, lads, we're going to just fucking, the... just put a... <laughs> on a retainer. <laughs> <laughs> they were sending back the Versace pajamas as well, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh dear. Uh, Connor Ben is in the news again. He's in trouble, but not according to Stephen Stanley at Stanley93 underscore. Absolutely gutted for you, bro. You fought this with everything you have, but you're a fighter and no doubt will continue to fight your corner. Well, not in the ring, but you have the support of all of us in the Ben FT Discord and many more supporters in general. They are the Ben FT Discord. You get behind Con. Oh dear. <laughs> you're not on the Ben FT, Andy, no? No, no. You don't hear about NFTs these days, do you? Unless I'm no, just... no. I'm saying I, 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 did, I did see this getting brought up with there. It's almost as if fucking magic beans have no value. These days. <laughs> <laughs> They've chopped down that stalk. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I can't remember who nominated this one, but I kind of feel sorry for Dennis McCann. He says Dennis is up for the fight on, on Friday night anyway. Looks like it. <laughs> oh dear, against Baluta. Shout out to Den there, uh, Eddie. Proof of why Please. you should wear small underwear, gentlemen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Pair of shorts. Eddie was uh, at a boxing club, I think, Acock Screen Boxing, giving a motivational speech. I should have cut that speech that he did in Boston that time. Kerry Hazeltine said, Eddie just has the natural ability to really inspire people. I'd love to see him touring the secondary schools. He would have such a positive impact on the teenagers of today. The <laughs> 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 banner. Holy shit. In chemistry lessons. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine it? Oh fucking hell, man! Those poor teenagers. You... Oh my Christ! How Billy sixteen-year-old lassies? They're trying to stop knife crime, not fucking increase it. Jesus! <laughs> How would they be relentless? <laughs> when your dad hands you your business over, man, you know? someone oh. had to buy all that leftover pizza. Poor <laughs> Eddie. Uh... Anyway, Jessica McCaskill is going in this week, as we mentioned earlier, and then she made an official statement. She said, the statements I made about Matthew Medi Hearn on The Boxing Voice, 16th of August 2023, were 100% untrue. I apologise for my statements that were made. I am sorry and apologise for the mistake, Jessica McCaskill. Oh, she was fucking brilliant. Did, you, did anyone see the videos? Like, see, I didn't see in, the, in the video clips, she's like, so anyway, Alicia's about to sign a deal with Jake Paul, and it just popped hot, whatever. You know, she's about to leave match room and then all of a sudden she pops hot, whatever. I was with her when she requested a Vada test, but, uh, you know, draw from, you, you you do the math on that. And then um, when she gave her apology video, she was like, 
well, I've got a fight coming up and all, and I shouldn't be saying that, but she kept looking away from the camera and all. She was like, so I'm sorry, I guess, for what I said, I suppose. Uh, I don't, it was like the fucking total fucking passive-aggressive non-apology to get off your missus. Um, but she apologized to her fiancé, but not really Matchroom. Like, but then she's like, she had a fight coming up with Matchroom as well, doesn't she, against fucking Sandy Ryan, who's or fucking, what's her name, who's now in the mix, like, and she's like fucking... Want to kick her ass and all, isn't she? Fuck off! Like nobody gives a fuck. But um, I believe Jessica standing. McCaskill. She's a very believable looking character. Won't be <laughs> getting a decision now. Get the decision off me. Possibly, Unanimous decision verdict there from Rob on the McCaskiller. Um, <laughs> some somebody said I can't see who it was at the top there. Somebody six Z can't wait to watch Galal fight this weekend. Such a talent. Another matchroom champion in the making. And Frank Five Sugar Smith said, 30 year old prospect to literally fighting Tommy Frank, who's a full time bin man for Sheffield Council. <laughs> Get that on the promo poster. <laughs> That's a future oh, trash talk for a future fucking Galal opponent, isn't it? Like, hey, literally fall, be bin, bin men, like. Falling in the steps of other great fighting bin men, like yes. uh, world title challenger Rendell Monroe. Rendell Monroe. Yeah. Yeah, there, there, yeah. There's other people who have. Tossed refuse for a living and, and made a fine living of boxing yep. as well. Yeah, fire literally. City job if you're in New York, a lot of benefits. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Get in there. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uppity, pretentious, posh fucks. Shout <laughs> <laughs> out to all our New York listeners. Uh, Tony Bellew uh, was going boss. in on Twitter. He says, I never once said he has the same punching power as Wilder. I said he's technically light years ahead of him and he is a better natural boxer, better combination puncher. But make no mistake, while AJ is still a puncher and can bang. As we know, he's not wilder. No one in the heavyweight division is. So there he is, Andy. I never once said he has the same punching pair as Wilder. Unequivocal. Said Tony. He's unequivocally denied that until the evidence came out. Let's see it now. He has the same power capabilities as Deontay Wilder. Well, I blow oh, me over man. with a feather. I'm fucking surprised that he's contradicted himself there. You, well, no fault for that. He must have CT, like he said in that man, because he kind of obviously remember, you know, remember saying it or whatever. He's got no shame. That's what it is. Me memory. Oh, he's in a haze. You know, the people who lick frogs in the Amazon. He's licking <laughs> something. <laughs> I don't know what, what a feeling. <laughs> Send him mad. <laughs> Send him mad. Maybe we'll Smoking move on. The yeah, exactly. Like Mike Tyson. <laughs> Smoked a toad. Top rank was shitting on him. Him. Did you see? Oh, that never was forget when you sing Flatten Tony Bellew. It was the never forget night too, wasn't it? Was, it? it was bang on cue as well. Was, which oh. brings me onto something. Which brings me onto something. So, right, I always have it in me hate that. Like, we had the Bellew of the fucking century that particular episode because that was the night that being referenced the bomber tattoo on the back of Bellew's back and says, this is in no way connected to the terror attacks of Manchester. In this very arena, we'll never forget. Ding, ding, round one, right? So I went back and I was like, listening to episode 299 and the fucking episode wouldn't load up for me, right? I was like, this fucking thing won't load up. I was trying to get to the Bellew of the week, right? And then, then when it did load up, it had a timestamp on it that said, at the exact time that we were talking about bomber, uh, it said Interpol on it. <laughs> so I screenshotted it, sent it into the chat, and then reloaded the fucking thing, and it had disappeared. So just because I'm paranoid doesn't mean they're not trying to kill me. I don't know what the fuck is going on. <laughs> but uh, yeah, we're being watched. <laughs> Jesus Christ. 
Yes, yeah, someone referenced it there as well. Andy, do you remember Bellew was badly concussed afterwards, wasn't he? And they just let him ramble on. <laughs> he kept kissing you six head <laughs> and just talking shit. It's, it's Alexander, going, Alexander, Alexander. We'll never forget. But I see that night was fucking. Who's sitting at home thinking someone that bastard Tony Bellew's got bomber written on his back? <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to cut that one back out rather than put it up as a standalone as a short or something, man. Oh, it's fucking brilliant. Unbelievable. <laughs> scenes, like absolute scenes. That was oh, epic, yeah. actually. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Usyk did the same to AJ, says Chris Mason. He rewires people. Who knows what Dubois going to be coming what off Dubois with? What Dubois going to do? Dubois. Watch out, inside. <laughs> Fuck's sake. He's going to be like Imagine Spencer Dubois. Piron at the end of the fight. Imagine <laughs> Dubois just goes fucking laser two boys in the corner afterwards, like bang, bang. <laughs> <laughs> in the middle of fucking Poland. <laughs> he, he hits you so hard he makes you leak cervical fluid <laughs> we've all been there mate <laughs> you sit rewiring heavyweights since 2019 <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, dear. Uh, Chris, Chris Burns in the chat says don't forget my nomination I've forgotten it already to be honest I've been rewired Chris you may remind me about that one uh, Andy there you go <laughs> I did, is that the one you sent me yeah I did have that one. <laughs> Metal Hellbeard is responsible for this on Twitter and the next one I'm going to show you in a minute. So this is a revamping of the famous look, meeting. Look at the table next to Frank Smith. <laughs> All the eggs. We've got Tony there. <laughs> Evan Fields at the top. <laughs> Fuck's sake. Oh, I should have turned to Metal Hellbeard for that one. And also, he got stuck in on the IFL. <laughs> The IFL live poster as well. <laughs> Did you oh. see that one, Matty, before? Uh, oh, my God. Raul Moore. I appreciate everyone who takes the time to do such amazing work. Incredible. Right, uh, that was the one that Smiddle then responded to, and the fucking Coogan's on her Smiddle's ass. Eh? <laughs> Look at that lineup. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh Kelly. Oh, Fred, where you been? Oh, fuck me. Ron Jeremy. Mm, Kelly Malone is looking well. The crankies, John McCreek. Chairman Moe. <laughs> <laughs> read my book. Jade Goody. <laughs> Jay Card, you buy my you buy my ticket, Andy. I am not buying your ticket. Fucking <laughs> fucking shit, man. Jesus Who put Sonny in at the bastard? Jade's in the middle. Chris Mason, look next to Bear, whoever that is, and Gary Boozy. I don't know who he is either. Well, you would take a handicap match with R. Kelly and Joe Exotic against Gerald Miller. Oh, Epstein, Coogs, Coogs and Eddie in the corners. <laughs> oh, I just seen Al Kelly for the first time. <laughs> Wasn't me. Your oh. mind will be telling you no if you're at that show. <laughs> <laughs> Mark stances as like a porky billboard. Hold <laughs> 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 oh, on, you come ask some real boxing questions here, by the way. Andy, did you reference the song It Wasn't Me because of yeah. R. Kelly? Yeah. That's 
funny in itself too. Good job. That that was Shaggy. That was Shaggy that did it, wasn't me. And that was based on the Eddie Murphy joke out of all, wasn't it? Your wife yeah, had to cheat, and like you just have to say it wasn't me. Yeah, <laughs> look right in your face. Was me. Uh, Chris Burns. Yeah, sorry, Chris. I haven't been on Twitter for about six months, dude. I'll try and catch that one next week, just for you. I'll log in. Uh, Michael Benson, lesser spotted, tweeted out, "Who is your favourite fighter in boxing today?" Isaac Warrior Low jumped in. You fucking fool. Little play. <laughs> trigger. Trigger. Pim off. <laughs> I mean, so, I get the sentiment, but the timing is off. You can't argue with that, Rob, to be fair. It's <laughs> Well, it's, and it was at 4.14 in the afternoon, so it wasn't <laughs> ambient. Straight in, no messing. That's what you love to see, Andy. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what's up with all these sack there, but there you go. They, they, they foreplay, man, right to the fucking point. <laughs> right, uh, that's all the ones that I've got. Uh, what about you, Matty? I don't think I have anything this week, unfortunately, Steve. Oh, nothing for Matty then. What about you, Andy? Not much, mate. Um, obviously, the ones that I had picked have already been nominated, man. But uh, remember uh, a couple of weeks back I mentioned about the, the baseball players that had that fucking showdown? Oh, yes. In the middle of the field. Anyway, yes. the, the guy that got knocked out actually got the longer ban. <laughs> Fucking poor bastard. What? <laughs> he got the longer ban. I think he got six games, and your man that knocked him out only got three games. So uh, it fucking pays. That's like when you lose a fight and you get popped for steroids after. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine that happening like, in a football field in the UK or something like that? You'd be fucking prison sentencing to hand it in. Three months, easy. <laughs> easy. I'm telling you, they were trying to make an example of him. Yeah, yeah, Duncan man. Ferguson butted your man, didn't he? Went to prison. I barely tolerate that on the field. <laughs> Only in the stands. In the stands, it's perfectly fine. Aye. Uh, then obviously that guy, um, as we mentioned at the 49ers game last night, getting iced off a uh, big, uh, big bullet head. Oh, awesome. yes, yes, yes. So nothing else for me, mate. I don't oh, think. nothing else I'll hear, for I'll hear a quick look, though, so I'll go to Rob, see if he's got anything. Yep, no problem. Nothing from Mars. Anything from you, Rob? <laughs> Uh, no, really. Uh, Alicia Baumgartner's handling of her uh, doping allegations has been quite funny. She posted the um, the Twitter clip of that girl that got arrested in America. It was like, "I'm legally blind, y'all." <laughs> like minutes after her fucking statement, which I thought was fucking ballsy enough, and it might be a bit behind that if she's being ballsy. <laughs> so. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty good. Like, and then Eddie, like as well, with his fucking like dead straight face, telling everybody that this fucking fight from Joshua is going to be fast tracked now, and we're working behind the scenes to get it done. And now we find out it's not happening. Quell surprise, I am has yet to make a big fight in twenty twenty three match room. Like, it's two um, weeks away, mate. Stop being so fucking negative. It's two weeks away. Sorry, Ed. Sorry, even Ed. Sorry, man. I know you're having a bit of a sticker <laughs> moment. Um, but yeah, and I thought Jessica McCaskill obviously fucked me. Like that was unbelievable. So, yeah, them for me. Lovely stuff. Thank you very much, Rob. So, we had the MVP right. crew then going in, Malinaji and his pals forgetting to turn off the microphone. It wasn't necessarily their fault, but we enjoyed it all the same. More of that stuff, I would say. Uh, Hearn on Josh's performance also got a nomination. We had Chocolatito going in on Sonny Edwards. We had Paris Fury releasing another book. We had Canelo talking about Eddie and the promoters. We had Stephen Stanley def uh, defending Connor. Sorry, N. Steve. Yes. Sorry, I'm breaking yes. late one. I have to interrupt you. Not <laughs> a brilliant one. Go on. There was a highlight. There was a, a Twitter highlight during the week, uh, and it says Floyd Mayweather uh, pays high tribute to prospect Keyshawn Davis. Floyd said, 
Keyson is a hell of a fighter. And I thought, I don't know if that's necessarily high praise from Floyd Mayweather. He put together a montage of him saying that about every single fucking fighter on planet Earth that he's been asked about. Uh, so I don't necessarily know if that's fucking Floyd praising or not, or just fucking going through standard phrasing. <laughs> I wonder if that exists on YouTube as just a compilation of Lord, uh, Floyd saying he's a hell of a fighter from post-fight <laughs> interviews. If not, someone with more time on it has the beast, should definitely do that. That's Floyd's new I've made smart investments, isn't it, Rob, that one? Yeah, he's a hell of a fighter. I've made smart investments. The thing about Floyd Money Mayweather is that's basically, basically his fucking <laughs> <red card. laughs> We're going to oh, talk to Al Heyman. Yeah. <laughs> Floyd never changes. There's Stephen Stanley getting stuck in there. We had uh, Dennis McCann getting up for the scrap on Friday evening. We had Eddie, rather, talking to the youngsters in the boxing club. We had Jessica McCaskill rolling back her statement, a better statement, a better statement. We had the, the full-time bin man, Tommy Frank. We had the bomber. I didn't say something that he did say. Uh, we got Tony getting flattened by Usyk. We had Metal Hellbeard as well going in on the meeting. <laughs> and then the, the IFL live poster. And Isaac Lowe, something we could all get behind on the episode 536, uh, going in on Michael Benson. Who are you going for this week, Andy? Um, I didn't want to go for Bellew, mate. It'd be too easy um, to pick on that one. Um, so, and Dennis McCann's a bit childish, but we, we have to be popular there. So, um, I'll go for Jessica McCaskill. Because that was some that was that was a that wasn't really kind of like walking back a statement and Eddie must have been raging that she's just basically as Rob alluded to to the video so he must be fucking pissed off by that one like so I'm interested to see maybe maybe Sandy Ryan maybe pulls out of this fight with a, with an injury Eddie maybe pays her own inside and uh, she's left without a date possibly we'll wait and see okay Jessica McCaskill gets the vote for Andy what about you Matty. You know, Steve, because it was the leadoff, I, th- I think we forgot how good the uh, the DAZN uh, snafu with the mics was. Um, I'm going with that one. Oh, I forgot about that one, actually. Yeah, that was a good one, actually. Hey, what about you, Rob? What are you going for? Yeah, it's got to be a McCaskill. And <laughs> basically, because she was so flagrant in it, and then her apology video was fucking not an apology at all. Everyone on Twitter was like, I, I don't think this one's going to cut us. So then she made that other fucking even more passive aggressive statement, which was just like two sentences. I'm sorry for the statements that I said that are untrue. Sorry, everyone. Uh, and then the fact that fucking Frank reinforced it in one of his interviews and he was shoulder rolled his way in and said, Well, apparently she was fucking leaving to go to fucking Jake Paul. So draw your own conclusions. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I sometimes have to go to Hartley call him, but Steve calls him by the way. Steve's had the legal letters, so I can understand. <laughs> yeah. Great guy. Great guy, Frank. <laughs> what do, do you call him, Steve? Well, who, allegedly? Aye. I don't know. What do I call him? I'm starting to get a bit worried, to get a bit worried now. <laughs> Sorry, walk you right into a counter here. <laughs> For the purposes of the pod, I call him Mr. Warren and nothing more, nothing less. Oh, dear. Uh, For the record, I was going to go for the IFL poster. I thought that was class, to be honest with you. But that means uh, Jessica McCaskill, the McCaskiller, has two votes. So she is the Bellew of the Week winner for episode 536. Congratulations to you, Jessica. Just before we go back to Matty. Uh, no news is good news, uh, unless it's to do with Super Chats. We had none tonight, and no new subscribers at patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum. So, uh, Tight bastards. 
<laughs> they are. They are, at least today. At least today. But uh, anyhow, it has been a good time. Uh, we are looking forward to the fights next week. Get on through a little bit of a slow time, but there's some. There's definitely uh, some stuff coming up here. We shall see if anything gets canceled, as Oz alluded to, um, <laughs> regarding the uh, the Smith and Eubank rematch. We'll we'll see that that's kind of filling in the gap there, but we'll find out. Um, that seemed a little inside baseball-y, but we will find out. Um, I would like to thank Steve, Andy, and Rob for uh, joining us today, and also everybody that was in the chat keeping it entertaining. Uh, Steve will be back hosting next week for episode 537. I've been your host, Matt DiGionardo. You folks have a great week. We'll see you next time. We'll never forget. We want to be honest, yeah. Crying like a little bitch. I've never met a fucking so that can fight me. I fell asleep. I fell asleep. You're a fucking bum. You're a fucking asshole. Rumpo fucking stealth skin. But allegedly, Oscar Rivas has has failed has failed a test. Seven year age. Seven year age. I will fucking smash. Fuck you. I hope you fucking die. Be safe. I love boxing sounds. As simple as that. Podcast Network.